0: me a go-no-go for launch.
1: Just when you think you're out, they pull you back in. I was going to say something that was not true.
2: I, I don't know why we do these. Let's make film history.
0: We are go for launch. Welcome
1: back, everybody, to the Almost Sideways podcast. This is episode 202. We are recording this on Sunday, December 11th, 2022 at 3 10 p.m pacific time i'm terry todd is on hiatus for his crazy christmas work schedule so we are joined by zach and adam today how is it going gentlemen and i use that term loosely
3: (laughs) well you know it's very nerve-wracking right now because we got three football games on and all three right now are good results but i feel like we went up twenty-seven, nothing on the Broncos. Now it's 21 Like that—that's not a thing, is it? We're, we can't blow a twenty-seven-point lead to Russell Wilson, right? That's not possible. What did Mahomes throw three pick-sixes or something? And he threw. Surely, Russ... have a couple, couple of uh, interceptions. There. I was gonna say,
1: surely Russ didn't score those three touchdowns.
3: Yeah, and then and then your stupid team is is coming back against the the Panthers, America's team. I, I feel reasonably good that the Panthers can beat you guys, but uh, I don't know. Gino, man.
1: It's a battle of uh, former Jets top draft pick quarterbacks.
3: Yes. That's the first thing I thought of, too.
1: They, they said it on, on the broadcast. That's the only reason I I, I thought of it. But G, Gino threw two, two interceptions today. His first uh, multi-interception game in uh, eight years.
3: Well, probably his first multi-touchdown game in eight years, too. You know, I think we should – can we have an almost sideways uh, live stream of the Chiefs-Seahawks game in a couple weeks? Because that's going to be fantastic. Mm. Isn't that like on Christmas Day? I I think so, right? Is Because it's Christmas on Sunday this year. Yeah. (laughs) That would be – No, it's on Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve at at noon. One of those weird Saturday games.
1: Oh, wow. Okay. That'll be interesting. How's it
0: going, Adam? It's going good, man. I'm really happy to be back. Andy Dalton representing. Um, Yeah, it's been (laughs) a fun time. So, uh, yeah, I I paid uh, Todd off in chicken wings. So it's going to be a good show.
1: Yeah, we we had a great uh, text chain going uh, this week about how if you haven't, if you haven't seen Adam and Andy Dalton pictures next to each other, Adam looks just like Andy Dalton. And uh, so we were joking back and forth about how, you know, he's subbing in for, for Todd. So that makes Todd James Winston and they
3: That's both tough. love chicken wings. Yeah, we, we do. Yeah. The better comp is we are uh, Mr. And Mrs. McAllister and uncle Frank in first class. And we have left Kevin, AKA Todd at home. We are midway across the Atlantic ocean realizing we forgot him. And uh, as uncle Frank, Adam, you are trying to shamelessly steal the champagne
0: glasses. <laughs> yeah, we we just watched uh, Home Alone two gearing up for that uh, this upcoming Daily Notes with my sister, which was uh, a lot of fun. But yeah, yeah, Uncle Frank, low key uh, biggest douchebag of all time. Can
3: we call? What? Why is it not not the Uncle Frank Uncle douchebag
0: Frank. award? <laughs> the Uncle Frank, the I, Uncle it Frank might bag. might need to, it might you need did, to change to that jerk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Uncle Frank bag. We got to make it happen, uh, guys.
1: I, I think I think we I think it needs to change to the Uncle Frank douchebag. Uh, so
0: I, I so I I want to just th- while we're having fun banter I did send something over today my I, my mom came over because my sister's visiting from California today and she said that my stepsister actually's been working worked on a couple Christmas movies that went to ion TV I found them streaming on YouTube and they may oh, yeah, come to the sta- they may uh, come to the stable worthy we, we, per- yeah we might need to we might need to investigate these things because one of them in has the makeup a department, brother. Said, right? Yeah, she's in the makeup department. I had to get her on the my podcast too after Christmas is over. But she worked like a, one of them. It's a Baldwin brother. where it's like a mystery, the case of the Christmas kind of gym. Yeah, Willie Baldwin, and then the other one had Vivica Fox in it. So it's, it's going to be a good time. <laughs> nice, nice. So we may have to do come to the staple next week. Who knows?
1: <laughs> that would be fun. That would be fun.
0: All right. Well, let's get into
1: this. Uh, We've got a lot to talk about. We've got a lot of fun stuff to get into. But first, Zach, I see a lovely beverage you have there. What are you drinking?
3: Well, it's the holiday season. And uh, as is wont on every holiday episode of the Almost Sideways podcast, you need a little eggnog and Kahlua. Actually, this isn't eggnog and Kahlua. It's just eggnog from uh, Trader Joe's. Where they have discount eggnog now for seven dollars and it's amazing. It's like fifteen percent alcohol. Just cross the state border into Missouri and it's 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 a wonderful time. It's great holiday festivity. <laughs> it's a it's a staple, I think, of my appearance on the Almost Sideways podcast now. I think for the last four years I've been doing this. So it's it's yeah.
0: it's enjoyable. The trader log.
1: There we go. Well done. Well done.
0: Adam, what do you have today? I got some Yuletide cheer. I just got some of that Woodenville whiskey from a couple of weeks ago, so it's, kind of, it's good stuff. keeps makes me warm inside.
1: Very nice, very nice. So i uh, I went to the store today, and I went to a different grocery store. It was still the same the same chain, but they had very different beer, which I was excited about. So I've had Irish Death on here before. This is the same brewery, but this is the uh, Mexican Cocoa Death.
0: Ooh, ooh. And nice. It's, That's it's, actually pretty legit.
1: It's really good. It's really good. We're next we're not we're
3: reviewing Coco though. We're reviewing Pinocchio. This we is got the wrong animated movie.
1: I very, very true. I, I should have saved it for the Coco Deep Dive in a few years.
0: Mm-hmm. There we go. Well, make Please sure that you coming. are
1: uh subscribing, rating, reviewing wherever you find your podcasts. Uh make sure yeah, send us a review. We don't get too many of those, but uh they're always fun when we do. Uh, keep giving us five stars. All that fun stuff. Let's get into what we've been watching. And for this, we are going to start with Adam.
0: Perfect. I n- knew it. All right. um, So we're going to go back to 1992 this week. I didn't really watch a ton of stuff. This is from a few weeks ago, but it's worth talking about because it is an Oscar watch from 1992. Got nominated for two Oscars. Any guesses for the what, who, what got nominated for best original song twice? In uh, 1992? Ernest Saves Christmas. I wish it was. That'd be awesome if it was on oh. a safe course. I think
3: no. it was around that time, right? I Nominated think so. for original
1: song twice. twice.
0: Twice. You got two nominations, no wins for best original song that year. Whitney Houston, uh, Kevin
1: Collins. Oh, The Bodyguard. Oh, The yes.
0: Bodyguard. No one's watched this on our podcast That's or I've, on the, the channel. Okay. Well, update. It's update been, it's been a while. It's been a while. Yeah, I, I watched it. Uh, so anyway, The Bodyguard is directed by Mick Jackson, written by Lawrence Canton. Is he, is he related to McLovin? Mick Jackson? awesome. Yeah, his other name is Muhammad. <laughs> That's not how names work, Zach. <laughs> First name does not make great relations. But uh, it is starring Kevin Costner and Whitney Houston. Uh, the bodyguard tells the story of former Secret Service agent played by Kevin Costner who takes a job as a bodyguard to an R&B singer and actress Rachel Maron played by the great... Whitney Houston. I seen Costner as this a really hard to read bodyguard. It's kind of frustrating a little bit. He has uh he has a hard exterior to him that makes it hard to connect for him for long periods of time. He's by he's by the book and with what he does and the course, um and that of course clashes with Whitney Houston's character. I think their dynamic is rather interesting because I wouldn't ever picture these two in kind of a romantic kind of rom-com not really it's not really comedy but this is more of a drama there's a romantic nature to it as well um there are moments where the relationship that does occur between these two feels off maybe it's the chemistry thing or maybe it, or it could be how i found the characters that costner plays the interesting thing that this does come with the tension of the relationships where they aren't when they aren't together they have to like kind of find this way to work together because there is kind of a element of danger because whitney houston's character is having death threats to her which is a very uh always great time um there are moments where the uh, uh no i just read that so she's oh.
3: having death i'll help you out here adam She's yes, having go death ahead threats at the oscars See, what's yes, great that's about the this part. movie is that this this was two years before Naked Gun 33 and a Third. This is one of the great movies about the Oscars. And she is a nominee, I believe, for Best Actress yep, in best the movie. Actress. Uh, and she's also a singer, like in real mm-hmm. life. And it is not um, Fred Ward as uh, Pap Shmier. Uh, who is planting a bomb. It is an assassin who is going to assassinate her when she accepts her award. So we don't yep. have Frank Drebin going through the envelopes and dressing up as Phil Donahue puking into a tuba, but it's still very entertaining.
0: Yeah. By far the best part of this movie is that Oscar scene, because it's, I was like, Oh, they actually are going there and they're going to kill her on stage as she's accepting her award. I thought that was uh, probably the most interesting thing about it. There are some really cool tension moments here too. It It's, Not the greatest film, but when it gets to those really tension-filled moments, especially at the Oscars, it is rather entertaining at times. And Whitney Houston just shows – this movie just puts her on full display where she is this larger-than-life persona with an amazing voice and actually really talented. She brings a really good energy to here. But I just felt like the the chemistry between Costner and Houston was off for me. Overall, I'm like – I'm at two stars, but the Oscar – your wedding wasn't on the website i couldn't compare so shut up <laughs> uh no but the, I, I don't know i probably wouldn't watch this again i would watch that youtube clip of the oscar scene more probably well what about the youtube clip of
3: whitney's funeral when kevin costner gave his eulogy i mean that's one of the all-time great youtube clips
0: okay well i've mentioned that before you've it's also great...
1: mentioned naked gun 33 and a third <laughs> yes
3: countless times
1: yeah That that does not belong on the low key, most mentioned and quoted movies
3: of of podcast history. Do you know what's become my favorite YouTube clip from last year's Oscars was Kevin Costner uh, giving best director? Because if you watch that clip, he rambles. It is like a four minute long speech. And it is so serious. He is so like, you know, like in a zone. And when you watch Jane Campion accept it, she's like, thanks for being so serious, Kevin. She kind of like laughs laughs him off a little bit. And he looks a little bit embarrassed. It's a great great moment. I don't know why I'm mentioning that, but shame on you, Adam. The the Bodyguard is a solid trashy entertainment movie, and Whitney Houston was a great actress and singer. Uh, But here's the real question. How excited are we for I'm going to dance with somebody? Because I think that looks great. I'm so excited for that movie.
0: I think that looks good. And I'm not saying two stars isn't bad. You just admitted it yourself. It's a kind of a trashy, entertaining movie, and I agree with that. I don't
3: really remember much of it except for the Oscar scene.
0: Well, there you go. See? Your argument is... I they mean, need just to the one. That, it you, The last thirty here. minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the the last thirty minutes is uh definitely a, a could be a quad approved scene for sure. <laughs> I
1: think. I mean, it has Kevin Costner in it, so so who knows? He yeah, definitely he's... had a
0: big like block of like eight eight late eighties to early nineties where he was just the leading man in like a lot of prominent movies. So and then he made Waterman, Waterworld, and The Postman. And his career yep. and then yeah. it went downhill. Yep. Then he did then he did draft day
3: <laughs> and Mr. Brooks. Mr. Oh Brooks. god. I, I, we didn't deep dive that this year, man. We didn't. That was 15 that was a year anniversary. I don't a feeling know why Mr. I
1: have this irrational hate for Kevin
3: Costner, but I have. I do. Oh, I've always liked Kevin Costner. I, I feel like Mr. Brooks <laughs> on a rewatch probably is not as bad as I remember. It's kind of like history of violence. I would be willing to go there again and watch it.
0: Wow, I think that's the first time we somebody's admitted that going back and absolutely. I absolutely yeah. go. I'd go I'd, back.
1: I'd i watch that again too. I would just to see. You know, it's also trying to how they the try to make Shreveport,
3: Louisiana, look like Portland, Oregon. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> it's also the kind of movie that Todd probably likes more than the three of us, and I I, I would go back and watch it. I think it's 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 on the list. If I get really bored next week during our break, when Adam's making uh, another Christmas bonus, hey, can, can we talk about that? What's your Christmas bonus this year, Adam?
0: <laughs> oh, well, I, it's the first year I became a a, 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 a shareholder, so it was it's <laughs> nice, dude.
1: <laughs> We're in the wrong profession, now, Zach.
3: Yeah, yeah. I'm drinking eggnog. Uh... (laughs) Seven ninety nine eggnog from Trader Joe's in Missouri. Yeah. All right, Zach, what did you watch? All right, I got two movies I want to mention because I've been gone for two weeks. I think I'm justified. If you miss a couple weeks, I think you're allowed to say two movies. I'll try to be fast though. So one movie, they're both they're both in in theaters right now. One is very very good. One is very very bad. Um, I'll start with the good one, because it's more fun to talk about bad movies. The very good movie is After Sun, the new movie by Ooh, Charlotte yeah. Wells, first-time uh, Scottish director. Movie, A24 movie, getting some Oscar buzz. Um, Paul Mescal plays a character named Callum, which isn't that also a name of a character in The Banshees of Inisherin? I swear to God, these two movies both have some serious Irish, Irish accent issues. Like Banshees of Inisherin, it was a little bit hard to understand some of the dialogue in this movie, but that's okay. In this movie, he plays um, a, da- a dad and his daughter is named Sophie, and she's played by Frankie Corio. And it kind of details uh, a trip that they have to, uh, I believe, Turkey in the 90s. And the daughter has this like mini DV camera that she kind of captures everything, sort of a pre-YouTube, pre-vlog sort of thing. Um, they have fun. They do the Macarena. She sings uh, a Radiohead song a karaoke. Um, And then, you know, all along, there's these subtle sort of hints that something isn't right in the relationship. I mean, he's a divorced dad and there's it's never really explained why they were divorced or why he doesn't have custody of his daughter. But, you know, there's something lurking beneath the surface. This movie is all subtext, no main text. You kind of have to read into the characters and their motivations and their actions. In a way, it's sort of like I almost wish it it, it reminded me a little bit of like Oscar (laughs) Farhadi and like Rashomon in the sense that. You watch it, but you're not really sure what you're watching. The story makes enough sense, but it's always about reading between the lines so i want to go back and watch it again knowing what happens in the movie i'd be curious to kind of point out scenes that maybe were you know uh just casual when you watch it the first time but maybe take on a deeper meaning the second time i really enjoyed this movie i give it three and a half stars um i think given the right sort of marketing and campaign this is a movie that could be an, a real oscar contender it has a real charm to it really nice performances um charlotte wells i think it was from a stylistic standpoint really talented filmmaker barry jenkins is one of the producers on the film it's really hard to not like this movie um i don't think it's a perfect movie and i wish that there was a little bit more exposition given as to what happens with these characters but it's a really fascinating movie and i kind of want to go back and watch it again the movie that i hated which is more fun to talk about i think especially because todd apparently liked this movie is bones and all the uh, oh, relationship movie, uh, with Timothée Chalamet. And I just saw it today. And so I'm still trying to wrap my head around it, <laughs> but you know, it's 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 a bad movie, but it's it's all it's all the better bad because I'm wondering what Todd saw in it, although I can kind of see it. I mean, if you know Todd, you know that he likes like American Honey and the Perks of Being a Wallflower. And uh, what's the other one that he likes? Oh, Spectacular Now. All those movies are like a little bit in this movie. It's basically a teen romance meets cannibal movie, um, which I'm sure must have been a great pitch for in, in the producer's meeting. Um, it's just terrible, though. I mean, it, it, it it's it's long, it's meandering. Luca Guadagnino is clearly influenced by Terrence Malick. He wanted to do like a Badlands, but as a cannibal movie. It sounds like something you would make fun of in a movie about Hollywood, you know? Um, timothy is is very flat as an actor taylor russell is good as an actor but the worst performance maybe of the year is mark rylance in this movie who is just he, uh, as i texted todd I've heard he's in, about this performance he's, he's in Shyamalan territory i mean it is something to behold in this movie and it really makes me ask the question i can't remember the last time i liked a mark rylance movie i think he ruins movies uh i did not like uh, the outfit which i know terry and todd were both big fans of and i uh, he as bad as he was and don't look up i think this is an even worse performance but it's a spectacularly bad performance so if you're gonna go down go down in flames and be a train wreck so in a way i have a sort of appreciation for it but uh the movie listen i also don't like that i went to a theater and saw it i like if if, if it was on netflix hbo max i could pause it go to the bathroom get some more alcohol maybe it becomes a better movie at that point because i think seeing this movie without alcohol is a real problem i give it one and a half stars it's awful and it's the worst part about it is todd isn't even here to defend it
0: nice you should you should invest in a flask dude if that's the case you should just take a was, okay that's the
3: other hilarious thing i was the only one in the theater
0: no one <laughs> then it have mattered yeah, i know i was actually i was
3: i shouldn't say this out loud i was checking the football scores during a lot of it and i did those <laughs> off at some parts so it, it's it's not fair in a way but it was bad man it's a bad movie i you guys should see it so you can be on team zach on this one it's 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 something
0: no, this is a perfect category, Zach. We've been Terry and I talked about maybe having an almost Cytos Awards so or having a category where the worst movie that somebody else on our podcast loved. That's yeah, that's a, that's a that's category. A good category. We I know. It's well, a didn't good we category.
3: Have, I was thinking about that too. As I was watching the movie, it's like this movie could be a bottom five movie for me, and it could be a top ten movie for Todd. I feel like there was a movie like that a couple of years. Tenant, right? Holy Tenet Motors. Was, tenant was on someone's and someone else's bottom five my, yeah that, had that deserves some sort ten, of yeah. special recognition for a movie to do that the most polarizing a movie
1: award or something yeah. like that
3: yeah we got to do that that almost sideways <laughs> awards let's do it <laughs> so,
1: look, a couple things on uh on bones and all uh i haven't seen it but uh something that was interesting back in march uh, my wife and i were on the east coast <laughs> and we were in new york city and my wife wa- went, um, was kind of walking around Times Square um, and she was finding some food and went into a restaurant and overheard a conversation with a couple people at a table where someone mentioned that uh, that their best friend wrote this book that was going to be made into a Timothy Chalamet mm. movie. So uh, she met, saw the writer of this of the Bones and All book. Or their r- best friend rubbing
3: but, shoulders with yeah, the rich and I famous living i've aristocratic ever since lifestyle. Then, this was
1: before i'd ever heard of the movie but i had to look it up and be like okay what what does timothy chalamet have coming out this year <laughs> oh this movie called bones and all so anyways that that uh i have been you know looking ahead towards this movie ever since then not really knowing what it was or really caring much but yeah then the mark rylance thing good mark rylance performance. Uh, I will say I wasn't planning on talking about it, but I'm just going to throw it out there. I did watch The Phantom of the Open this week. Ah, oh yes, yes, there, there we, we go. go. Which is yes. a, it, it is a decent Mark Rylands performance. It's a decent movie. I think I ended up giving it two and a half stars. Um, but it, it's he's he plays the worst golfer ever. Um nice. and uh, and it's based on a true story, and it it fits Mark Rylands perfectly. Like it, it is, it is a role made for him. So there's that.
3: I really want to see this movie from the early 2000s that he made called Intimacy, which was apparently a very sexually explicit, like, erotic movie with Carrie Fox. Mark Rylance, I'm not the, not the first person he would cast in an erotic 95 weeks' s drama, but I'm really intrigued by it. I don't know. It's Mark Rylance's Oscar, can we take that one back? Can we just take back some Oscars like that? I don't think anyone is proud of that moment in the last 10 years. Mark
1: Rylance feels like one of those actors that was that was born at the age of 50 like we didn't know we never <laughs> heard pretty. of this guy before bridge of spies and then he wins an oscar and now he's everywhere. Now he's in everything
0: yeah. yeah yeah he was yeah bfg ready player one like he blew up after bridge of spies right. Well, All right the bigger blockbuster movies
1: now the movie i'm reporting on it's my oscar movie for the week family <laughs> open might have been a more interesting topic but i think this one might be more interesting to talk about Uh, it is, uh, from 10 years ago, 2012, it was a best documentary nominee. Uh, it is called how to survive a plague. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah. Directed by David France. Uh, and it, uh, chronicles the story of the AIDS epidemic and how, uh, uh, two different groups, the act up group and the tag group, uh, helped to fight for, uh, fight the fda for better drugs better medicine and eventually get to a point where uh the disease was a little more manageable and less of a death sentence uh Mm -hmm. it is a it's a really interesting movie it's almost entirely archival footage uh of it from anywhere from the early 80s to the mid 90s um and uh it it tracks some some of the major players in the in those two groups it talks about the drama between the two groups and how eventually they ended up, uh, ended up splitting into these two groups. It all was act up. And then tag was kind of formed out of that. Uh, it, it shows some really interesting, uh, archival interviews, uh, like press conferences with like, uh, uh, Ed Koch, who was the New York city mayor at the time. And, uh, and just some, and his attitude towards, some of this when it was still really fresh and no one really knew what was going on fully. How it was being ignored in a lot of ways. Uh, it, it's it's a fascinating story. It's a fascinating movie. Uh, I'm giving it two and a half stars. And here's why. I felt like this is a movie that was like 10 years too late. Um, it, it, they're making this movie about what, 15 to 17 years after the last events of the actual story take place. Um, Yet, I would say less than 10% of the movie is modern day interviews with the people who were involved. If you're going to make a movie this long after the fact about something that had really, it it kind of phased out. I mean, it's an important story to tell. But it wasn't really relevant to 2012. Um, if you're going to do that, you have to get the perspective of these people nowadays, and they didn't. They they relied almost entirely on the archival footage, and it felt like it was, it felt like it was a movie that should have been made in 2002, not 2012. When you're what five to seven years after it ending, and let let now that this is over, let's tell this story. Instead, they waited till 2012, and it just felt, it it felt kind of irrelevant by the time they've got around to telling the story that that that's the main thing i was thinking by uh and, and it's not even that i'm oh i'm watching it in 2022 i thought it didn't it doesn't make sense for a 2012 movie so it's an important story to tell but it just it felt it felt like it didn't fit when it came out and if when it came out they should have had more more modern day like because a lot of these people were still alive and they ta- and they showed some of them for like five to 10 seconds each. And that was it. So uh, that was my biggest criticism of it, but two and a half stars. It is an important story to tell. It's an important story to, to know about. So uh, for that, it's worth checking out.
0: Yeah. The, they made a Disney plus movie made uh, that documentary on Fauci, Fauci oh, last yeah. year as well. And I think they do touch on some of that stuff. They have uh, some archival Fauci footage in here. Yeah. So they definitely talk about it. And I think they actually get some interviews about like people that were going through that epidemic at that time too. So there's a little more interviews that on, and that one, it sounds like the the one that you just watched.
1: Yeah. Zach, have you seen this one or heard of it?
0: I have not,
3: but it makes me think about another Oscar we might want to take back along with Mark Rylance is the Dallas buyers club Oscars. Mm -hmm. Can we do that?
1: It, it mentioned, I I will say that was one thing. It mentions the buyers clubs. um, in in this because of the black market for aids medication and that was a one of the only ways that they could uh that they could get the medication they needed
3: i don't know i don't mind those oscars that much um i'm afraid to watch Dallas buyers club again i i i have a lot of i would say
1: i would say i feel like mcconaughey's performance holds up but jared leto's maybe not so much
0: I could see
1: that, that. Yeah, that's that's what I would say with with that one. And this came that that is an interesting thing because what Dallas Buyers Club was 2013, right?
0: Yeah.
1: So this came out a year before Dallas Buyers Club. Um. All right. That's uh that's what we've been watching. Let's move on to our featured review.
2: I love this
3: movie so much.
1: I did not really like this film at all.
3: This is the most Zach movie ever made. You got to see it.
1: Movie reviews. Before we get to the featured review, Zach, just to answer that question, there's no one in Banshees of Innishir named Callum, but Brendan Gleeson's character's name is Calm. Oh. So,
3: no Callum, but a Calm. There's also a Sonny and a Larry. Calm, Sonny, Larry? It's what the old lady <laughs> says in the trailer.
1: <laughs> oh, man. All it's right. It's the calm well,
0: before the storm.
1: Ah, I wow. you I see what you did there. Okay. For this one, we are talking about one of the more anticipated movies of the year. Uh, and it goes down in, I think it goes down on in those lists of um, movies that are too similar that came out in the same year. And this is one of them because it's the second animated, or it's the second iteration of Pinocchio that came out this year. Uh, We are watching Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, which was just released on Netflix this week. It's been kind of in and out of limited theaters for the past month or so.
0: I want to tell you a story. It's a story you may
1: think
3: you know, but (laughs) you don't.
0: Over there! What is that? Papa! (gasps) It speaks! He's just a puppet! No, I'm not! I'm a real boy! People are sometimes afraid of things they don't know I don't understand Ah, we have found him, our star Everyone shall love you and call your name Pinocchio Pinocchio I have something I'd like to give you It is a school book, which belonged to a very special boy. The boy you lost? Papa! Enough of this nonsense. Hey, where are you going? You tell him I love him. And I won't be a burden anymore. Hello?
2: the wooden boy with the borrowed soul while you may have eternal life your loved ones they do not you never know how long you have with someone until they're gone the boy loves you for who you are guide him to be good
0: to me. Papa! Pinocchio! Life
3: is such a wonderful gift. <laughs> uh, Zach, we're going to go to you first.
1: Tell us all about Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio and what you thought.
3: All right, well, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio is uh, is a adaptation of the classic fable and Disney film and whatever you want to call it. Um, he does a few things a little bit differently with it. He makes it a stop motion uh, movie and uh, changes the setting from whenever it was written in the 19th century to shocker World War II and because every Gear del Toro movie needs to take place between the years 1930 and 1960, so we knew that that was going to happen. Uh, the, the movie is, uh, I, I would say, a fairly loose adaptation of the uh, Pinocchio story, because while you have characters like Geppetto and Jiminy Cricket, although in this movie, his name, I think, is something it's else. Like
0: Sebastian
3: or something Sebastian, like yeah. I'm not sure what that was all about um the movie definitely becomes and wait for it a shocker a parable about fascism uh not that we've ever seen that before in Guillermo del Toro's movies either and you have some sinister characters that do extreme violence to other characters and animals like monkeys um so here's the thing about this movie I mean uh I am I, I like animation, uh, but sometimes it can be a little bit long-winded in the storytelling. I felt that way about Marcel, the shell with, the shell with shoes on. Actually, I thought about that movie a lot as I was watching this movie. Uh, both movies are beautiful to look at, have amazing stop-motion animation, and yet the story is just sort of whatever. Uh, I could kind of give or take. I almost would want to watch both movies without the sound to appreciate the level of uh, detail that went into the actual movements of the characters. Um, I think this movie does have some charm, though. I mean, it's it's kind of funny and amusing to think about Pinocchio basically being immortal. Every time he dies, he goes to some sort of bizarre afterlife with Tilda Swinton doing some sort of impersonation of Dr. Manhattan meets Idris Elba in The 3000 Years of Longing um, some sort of blue demon, uh, uh, that, uh, resurrects, uh, Pinocchio. I'm not, I'm not sure if that was a part of the original story. Also something that's missing is I really wanted the scene where Pinocchio gets drunk on Pleasure Island. Uh, I'm not sure what happened to that. I mean, listen, I think it's okay to, you know, we, we, we live in the times where it's okay to talk about teen alcoholism. I think this would have been a nice PSA for that. Um, so I don't know what to think of this movie. I mean, it has, you know, it has Guillermo del Toro's name on the, the masthead, which I think is one of the more arrogant things to do, given that he's not an animator. He's a director who maybe facilitated a group of about 50 to 100 animators who were probably underpaid and had an incredibly brutal and cumbersome and time-consuming job to do animating the different uh, movements of the various characters. Um, I think the songs, these are some of the most unmemorable songs I've ever heard in my life. And every time Ewan McGregor's narration came on, I just kept thinking, love is a many-splendored thing. All you need is love. But he did not say that, sadly. Um, Yeah. So, on a whole, I can appreciate the art. I will say, after watching this movie, I felt mean-spirited. And so I did watch a very interesting 30-minute Netflix making of special of Pinocchio and it was actually really cool to see the way that all the animators made the the set designs and the puppets that went into it because I watched that making of I'm giving this movie three stars uh it's it's a fascinating process the movie looks amazing it looks really smooth I'm imagining there was some CGI involved to kind of smooth out Some of the stop motion animation. It was fascinating, for example, to learn that every time Pinocchio talks, they had to make a different pose for his head. Um, So just imagine the work that went into that and reassembling all those different head pieces. It looks really, really cool. And you would never think that. Um, So as an artistic animated project, it's amazing. Um, As a story, I think it leaves some to be desired. Um, and uh, especially the music numbers with the exception of the poop song from Mussolini, which I did find very amusing. So I give it three stars, not, not my kind of movie. It's a weird movie. Cause it's probably too dark for kids. I would think, I don't know, Terry, if your kids watch or Adam, your kids watch, I think it's kind of a pretty macabre movie at times. And Christoph Waltz, who I think Mark Rylance kind of based his career upon is pretty um, insidious in this movie and does some horrible things to the monkey that I would, I would have been freaked out by if I had seen this movie when I, I was younger but uh yeah an interesting movie nonetheless and if you like that sort of stuff (laughs) it's it's uh it's fine i'm glad it was on netflix had to pause it a few times
0: there you go all right
3: adam what'd you think
0: uh yeah i kind of agree with a lot of things that zach was is that i know people a lot of people had this as on par with the 1940s pinocchio from disney which i think that's the far superior edition i do miss the pleasure island sequence of him turning into a a donkey and getting drunk and uh, that kind of stuff. That kind of, it's a classic moment that I think Del Toro could have probably done some really cool things with. He's always been really a director that has really cool creatures that he designs with like in Hellboy and pants, labyrinth and shape of water. And even mimic. I watched that for the first time this year for daily's horror notes, uh, really cool characters that he can, can create. And there's, that's definitely on full scale with some of the animation. It kind of resembles a Laika movie in a way, a lots of ways because of that, that, the style that they chose to go with. And I think it's probably for the better. It makes it stand out a little more from the other adaptations we've seen from the similar story. Cause this is like our third Pinocchio movie in the last two years. Cause Roberto Beninis came out last right. year as well, which that one was uh, entertaining too. But uh, this one for me, I, I, I'm at three stars as well, but it's kind of uh, out of respect for the director. I just, I, I feel like there are things that they really just beat you over the head with like the, the war stuff. And I wanted to deal more of the underworld. I think that would have been something unique, him going through and trying to get back to Geppetto. I think that would have been interesting. If they wanted to completely a left turn, Uh, It's still entertaining or not entertaining, but it's still interesting to see that they've really focused on Geppetto here. And I think the Geppetto stuff was my favorite parts because they deal with his grief of losing his son. And that stuff I really kind of like that they focused on a little bit more than just this wooden boy there. So the stuff with Geppetto I really liked, but the Pinocchio is what really kind of fresh it annoyed me more than anything, but yeah, my kids didn't watch this one. It definitely was a little dark. I don't think they would have, she would have liked it anyway, but uh, out of respect to Del Toro, three stars. I think I'm the highest uh, on this one. I'm giving this one three and a half.
1: I did watch this with my kids uh, and uh, they loved it. Uh, my, my three-year-old was a, was a little scared at moments, but, uh, but for the most part, they were fully engaged throughout the whole thing. Um, I love the um, the design of Pinocchio uh, is so different than any other version we've seen. And I thought it was so cool and that he was he was so rough around the edges Mm -hmm. and uh, and the fact that they were able to make this wobbly, you know, puppet with no strings in stop motion was just incredibly impressive. Uh, I the, and the the I watched some of the, the thirty minute uh special that you watched too, Zach. And just the the amount of detail it takes to make a stop motion movie is just insane. And then you add to the fact that you've got that you're making not only a stop motion movie but a Guillermo del Toro stop motion movie about the little wooden boy. Uh, it, it just shows the the level of craftsmanship that was needed to make this thing happen. Um, I think the only reason Guillermo del Toro's name is on the top is because it's not the only Pinocchio that was this year. And the other one is probably <laughs> one of the worst movies of the year. Uh, the Robert Zemeckis version. Um, yeah. I, I would say uh, it is Tom Hanks gives uh, his worst performance of the year, which if you've seen Elvis is Quite saying a claim. something. Uh, and uh, and the 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 Pinocchio feels like it it, it belongs in a different movie it do, it just doesn't fit the the animation that they used for him this everything works in terms of the filmmaking i i like the the different takes on some different uh portions of the story uh i i like the the fresh songs um you're right they may not be toe tappers but they're definitely uh it's definitely nice to to get something a little new a little fresh um i like the change in setting uh yes you're right Guillermo del toro has to have everything set during world war 2 but it works it works uh and you've got a star-studded cast of of voice actors here too i mean to i, I almost felt you almost wasted Kate blanchett as the monkey but it works too you got john tuturo you've got tim blake nelson christoph waltz silda swinton uh finn Wolfhard, wong Perlman, uh ewan mcgregor david bradley i mean you've got a lot of names here that contributed to this all because it's gamer del toro uh, so I'm giving it three and a half stars. I was blown away by the filmmaking and, uh, and appreciated the, uh, the tweaks and updates to the story that they had.
0: I think definitely the filmmaking itself is some of the best that we've probably seen because the animation is, is really crisp. And I, I do come in like that. That's what you said about how he was wobbly. That's definitely some good uh, animation there because that does, it's not easy. Just I don't know the story. I don't know. Just, that's fine. I just I, I'm getting tired of seeing the same story over and over again, at least with, with minor tweaks. I don't know.
3: Yeah, I, I had a, I had a similar criticism to Adam. I feel like why not be a little bit? I mean, yeah. OK, great. The the creative uh, thumbprint in this movie is that you moved it to World War Two. Very creative. Um, but maybe let's let's try to tell different stories. You know, I mean, the one animated movie that Terry assigned me this year which I was just blown away by was Wolfwalkers, you know, and that's a very different movie, but that was such an original movie and stylistically was so different. It was just that, that was like a animation can be breathtaking. If it is original, if it, if it isn't something you've seen before and Pinocchio, we've seen time and time again. And I think the little adaptations are not, are not significant enough in this movie. The little creative touches aren't significant enough to really differentiate this from the other movies. I will say I've not seen either of the two previous Pinocchio reinterpretations over the last couple of years. I would imagine that would make this movie look considerably better. And I would also say that uh, the documentary, I would, will reiterate, is really interesting. And maybe that's what I'm giving three stars more to than the film, because another aspect of the documentary that I thought was really interesting was how Del Toro insisted that this was a production that would take place in three different places, in London, in Portland, maybe across the, uh, the street from Terry's old apartment. and uh in mexico city and i don't know how you coordinate um a stop motion film over three very very different locations especially with with stop motion yeah everything is, is like you know it's on it's centralized on one set right so i mean it's clear that different sequences were designed by different people but it's it's clear that there it took a lot of of uh, coordination and collaboration which is really really cool i would have liked a two-hour documentary about that more than the movie but i'm not the target audience for this movie i mean that's the other thing i don't know who the target audience really is but it is an impressive movie nonetheless and we still can wait for tom hanks's worst performance if if uh yeah, man man called auto i mean that looks pretty spectacularly bad as well so i've it heard could good be, things about that actually it does look a little like a terry film but it does, it does. you know there we go uh
1: so one that i have not watched yet that i want to watch that is on netflix now you you mentioned wolf walkers so that uh studio cartoon saloon had another movie come out this year called my father's dragon that's on netflix now so i've heard, heard might, about that we, we, heard we about that need one. to watch that one and they've got a pretty they've got a pretty stellar uh uh track record uh their first one was secret of kells which got an Oscar Pretty decent
0: too, yeah but... mm-hmm question uh, terry yeah. you mentioned last week we watched spirited really lame kind of unrememberable songs But these were better songs than that one yeah whoa <laughs> these
3: were some terrible songs well they're, good they're afternoon be- not exactly well, lin-manuel miranda
0: writing the songs <laughs> here
3: spirited every song sounded like the same song is though. that
0: the like horse movie song
1: had- the,
3: you saw oh, the horse spirit movie? is
0: that Will Ferrell, uh, Ryan Reynolds Christmas Will movie? Ferrell, Ryan Reynolds
3: Christmas what's Carol? the? What's the? Why am I thinking horse movie? Was no, it's there some spirit, animated... it's spirit,
0: the Legend of the Cimarron, or something like that from DreamWorks, that, like a while yeah, back. I think yeah.
1: that's what you're thinking.
0: There's oh, also yeah. a I, I thought the Spirited. I thought
1: the music worked better in this than it did in Spirited. Because Spirited like tried to do these big, huge production numbers with crappy songs, and this and had, this, movie this had it? decent <laughs> songs. <laughs>
3: no no no
1: (laughs) like like spirited thought it was like on broadway with
3: with crappy music at least you and mcgregor didn't sing he didn't do the my gift is my song you know the light our guest be our guest beautiful the 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 louds the the loudness is a bit i love how he kept he, he
1: kept trying to sing his song and wasn't allowed to until the closing credits that was kind of funny
3: yeah all this right. This movie also had 13 minutes of the closing credits. That's, That's got to be weird right Cuz it said 2 hours and 1 minute on Netflix, but it's like the movie ends at like 145 like sweet. It's almost like when your teacher lets you out of class early, you know? And uh I was like, okay, well, I'm going to book it, maybe get some uh food or something like that. But then uh, they just kept
0: the animation going and the
3: freaking gonna... kept
0: singing. Cuz it's yeah uh, the mcu post credit sequence the del toro cinematic universe is was there
3: a post credit scene? i didn't sign sickness. no, I was, no there
0: wasn't. I was joking
3: there's just there's just a cricket, cricket dance sing. to a
0: song yeah
1: all right well as much as you guys are trashing on this thing it's thrice approved right now we still gave it three stars and uh <laughs> we can respect so the quality. three stars from out of from zach and adam out of respect three and a half from me it's on netflix uh, it's going to be talked about all through award season. It's probably the favorite for best animated film at this point. Uh, I've oh. even heard some talk of it, it. It could be up for a best picture nomination, depending on how things play out over the next couple months. So uh, check it out. It's easy to find. Uh, and yeah, it's Pinocchio.
3: It's Pinocchio. It's me, a Pinocchio. <laughs> they don't speak in Italian accents. they very British in this movie, actually. <laughs> Which
1: that, I found is confusing. that is true. Yeah. All right, moving on. Power rankings time.
3: You can't top that.
1: Yeah, that's the movie about the horse.
3: I'm going to pull an audible at the last
1: minute here. That's because I haven't seen it. Power rankings. Not including Fargo. Can't choose Fargo ever again. It has been. Ow. It has been over a month since we've done power rankings. Uh, and had just like a regular standard episode thanks to uh, weeks off and then you had uh, the 200th episode where we did a special deep dive and then you had last week where only adam and i were on and so it's been a little while now here we are power rankings again a month ago zach won yeah and uh and so uh it is his turn to pick and Todd isn't here, so the end of this is going to be picking Todd's list and what he selected for his list. So that'll be interesting. But, Zach, tell us what our list is.
3: Well, I mean, this list was made so long ago, it almost is a cultural reference that no one understands any, anymore. Understands anymore. There was a movie called The Banshees of Inishirin that came out this year. And um, it featured, it depicted a relationship between, not, not an incestuous relationship, just a normal platonic brother-sister relationship between Colin Farrell and uh, I can't remember the actress's name. Um and uh was it Carrie Condon? Is that right? Yeah, I mean, she's getting yeah. some yeah. Oscar consideration.
0: She's one too.
3: Um anyway, they are a brother-sister who live together. Um, and so I thought let's do a power ranking of greatest movie brother sister combos. I mean, there's quite a lot out there. It, we've talked, I think, sometimes about brothers combos and sisters combos, but a brother sister combo is somewhat more <coughs> unique and unusual. But there's, I I was able to come up with plenty. Are we are we
0: limiting good. to this to TV and video one, video games, game. or, one video game? One video game. No TV. And, no, we can have TV. You can have okay. TV. Okay. Cool. Cool. I'm just making sure because I would have broke the rules if we it, those weren't allowed. You
3: can have TV. I, I'm <laughs> not. I'm not pulling one a Todd and game. doing one per decade, one per genre, one <laughs> per, per country, one you know? per
0: uh, alphabet,
3: <laughs> one name per alphabet.
1: Uh, yeah. I wasn't sure about this one. Then as I started, you know, researching and brainstorming different things, I was, oh, there, there are a lot of good, of good options for this. Yeah. So th- this could be a lot of fun. There, there's a lot of different directions that uh that you can go with this so uh we'll see how this goes all right um we're gonna start with you know what i'm gonna start that's how we're gonna start this off uh so my number five as i was thinking about you know brother sister combos and just family dynamics i had to start with a movie a franchise really where the uh, the the theme of the franchise is all you really need is family, so I'm going with Vin Diesel and Jordana Brewster nice. in the Fast wow. and the Furious.
3: I've forgotten about that. That's a great as Dominic
1: pick. and Mia Toretto. There we go. It's a great it's a great it's combo, a and especially in the first movie because it's really the kid sister and the big mm-hmm. brother and uh trying to leave her out of every all the all the shenanigans that he's up to and eventually as as the franchise goes along she gets in gets wrapped up into the whole thing and uh now for the most part she stays or no, i think the last one she was in
0: yeah she was but in she there. stayed
1: out of it for a little while uh with the the with paul walker's death trying to make that storyline work uh but now she's she's getting back into it some uh it's a great i, I mean it's a great uh brother sister combo in there in a movie that's all about family it's the only actual family in the movie and the franchise so that's who i'm going with so yeah then diesel jordana brewster fast and furious
0: two points real quick i had a huge crush under danny brewster when that first movie came out <laughs> and also man they are the best uh, uh family members to keep, keep a secret they had another brother all these time we're like nine movies in we just found out that they had another brother john that's cena no wonder yeah, we couldn't right. see him. They never talked about him.
1: I saw someone post on uh, on Twitter earlier that uh, John Cena looks like a a jacked up, like buff Jim Varney. You know, Ernest. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like go, he looks like if Ernest worked
0: out, he'd look like John Cena. John Cena go- saves Christmas.
1: There you go. <laughs> All right, uh, Adam, you're next, number five
0: all right i gotta go to my one and only video game choice they've had movies and they've had a tv show based with these characters in it but i'm gonna go with chris and claire redfield from the resident evil video games so you have these the first game where chris redfield goes in and he's just he has to fight off this a zombie apocalypse with umbrella and then the second game you play as his sister trying to find her brother and what the events would happen. What makes these two characters great is that they both play differently and they both have different dynamics to the story as well. But it's one of the more popular video game franchises that do have this brother sister combo. And they're really about trying to find each other through this crazy world full of zombies and uh, brutal kills. So uh, I'm a personally, I like Claire from Resident Evil two a little bit more, but it's, they're both highly entertaining and they're like, they're like 10 or plus games in with all the spinoffs and they're still alive and and well in the, the franchise. So got to go with them for my video game choice. Wow. So, yeah, there we go. I mean, I'm, impre- Evil.
3: I'm impressed that you were able to. F- I sort of threw out the brother sister video game thing as sort of a hypothetical. I didn't realize there actually were brothers and sisters in video games.
0: Well, I thought, other than other than the Sims. Have, you, have you played Crash Bandicoot? No, no, I don't play games. Well, oh, never I, mind. I, back in the day, yeah. Yeah, uh, he had a sister know. named Coco in that. That was uh-huh. another honorable mention. I don't know. There's a couple, but yeah, that's really tough. But that that's the one that I thought of right away. But yeah, it's not really many good choices. So I mean you could go with NBA two K
3: with Reggie and Cheryl Miller.
0: Oh, there we go. I, I don't yeah. think they
3: made a two K for women's basketball though, but <laughs> that's a great great pick.
1: <laughs> oh, that's good. You should have gone with that.
3: All right, Zach, honorable who's mention. your number five? All right, I'm going to. So it's Terry's pick is interesting because I thought there would be several examples of a brother and sister where someone falls in love with the sister but has to deal with the brother. That's like I thought there'd be a lot of that, but that's one of the only movies that has that element in it. But whatever, Um, I'm going to the world of uh, Disney Pixar uh, for my brother's first brother sister combo, and I'm glad you brought up Jim Varney because I'm going with Toy Story. And I'm not going with Andy and his little sister because I don't even know what his little sister's name is. I'm oh, going with Sid, Sid. And Hannah. <laughs> Sid and Hannah. Great brother sister combo. You got Sid. Yes. Who's the most evil, <laughs> demonic child in the universe? And, and your heart goes out to Hannah. I mean, I think, was Hannah my MVP in our D- D- Toy Story Deep Dive? Because you got the sympathy for this character. This <laughs> is like a horrible life with this horrible brother who blows up shit. Not only that, but he steals her dolls and rips the heads off the dolls. I mean, that's going to be lots of trauma. The parents seem very absent in this world. And um, your dolly's all better now. Exactly. Her <laughs> Jamie doll goes through a lot of shit in that movie. Uh, it's just, and then, and then remember, you know, um, when uh, Sid blames Hannah for, she says she's lying, mom. I mean, it's <laughs> whatever it's, she says. It's not true. Whatever she says, it's not true, but just terrible. So I don't really know why. I don't know if they're the all time great, but I feel really bad for Hannah that she has to put up with that shit. And uh, they are a brother and sister and I, they, they're very memorable in that movie.
1: Uh, that's a that's a great, a great one. Call, and Han- hannah's got a great imagination too i mean naming buzz Lightyear mrs nesbitt is is pretty impressive <laughs> it's great yeah and uh mrs nesbitt and, and yeah and sid has got a great imagination too even though i'm i'm pretty sure that boy has never been to flight school hmm. um <laughs> that's, so that's that that's a great that's a great call
0: well done well done Thank you I would never expect that to be mentioned but i'm glad it was great job
1: all right my my number four my we are off to a great start my number four uh is uh actually in two different movies because it's a it's a movie that has been remade uh and this is uh, this is kind of similar relationship to the fast and the furious but it goes a a level further in the uh, protective older brother uh originally it was played by george tacharis and natalie wood uh, just a year ago, it was played by David Alvarez and Rachel Zegler. It is Bernardo and Maria from West Side Story. Uh, I, th- I think this is this is a great combo, uh, especially in the in the new one and the uh, and the the scenes we get between Maria and Bernardo. I think really work well. Uh, them them talking about how how she needs to pr- be protected, but her wanting to live her own life and then seeing how it all plays out and i mean bernardo ends up ends up dying for for his to try and defend his sister in in this and it's a it, it's a fascinating uh dynamic there and it, it's it is the ultimate protective older brother in uh in west side story so that's my number four nice
0: pick the pick.
1: i i I almost didn't go with that because it felt too similar to fast and the furious i i had some other ones but it it was just too good to to leave out
3: i think we're four for four on the brothers being dicks in these sister brother relationships (laughs) yeah pretty much We get some more sympathetic brothers in here
1: oh we can we can try let's see Uh, um maybe I, i think i got one coming up later all
0: right adam number four uh, yeah, I think I just, I'm going five for five on the dick thing. Uh, I'm going to go with, uh, we're going to go Bueller, Bueller. Merlot. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, Merlot. We got a Merlot. I okay. that. I'll okay.
3: Merlot that crap. Is that still a thing? We're still, we I was still Merlot?
1: I think so. Or should,
0: should we not? No, we should eggnog. Because it's Christmas. <laughs> we should eggnog. <laughs> 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 uh we'll talk about it in a second
1: let's do it well yeah let's go let's go ahead and merlot we'll 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 come back to it we'll come back to it
0: i love it and
3: and we're also five for five and well actually i guess four for four and you you guys came up with four sibling pairs i i did not think of i literally thought of like 40 and those four i did not come up with at all so impressive nice uh okay my number four is I'm going with a movie that I love growing up and maybe I can get a sympathy vote from Adam because I don't think Terry and Todd loved this movie growing up the way that I did. So maybe you did Adam and that movie is Jumanji.
0: And okay, that's good. That's I'm going to
3: go with Judy and Peter played by Kirsten Dunst, and the actor's name is Bradley Pierce. I did not know that. Uh, But Judy and Peter are the brother and sister pair whose parents have died in a skiing accident in Canada, and they move into uh, their aunt's house. God, I can't remember her name. What's her name? Aunt, do you remember it? Uh, Nora, there we go. I would have got that eventually. They live in New Hampshire, and then they discover the game Jumanji, and they bring back to life Alan part parish, Robin Williams in the jungle. You must wait till the dice read five or eight. And uh, Judy is a great character. Uh, She is a liar. She comes up with an elaborate story about uh, how her parents were these very debonair aristocrats and they died in some lavish plane crash. And uh, Peter's thing is that he doesn't talk very much. I will say, uh, I recently rewatched Power of the Dog. And every time uh, Kirsten Dunst refers to her son in that movie, whose name is Peter, all I can think of is her relationship with her kid brother in Jumanji. So maybe that's why I like Power of the Dog so much. Anyway, uh, they are two of my favorite sibling pairs. And uh, yes, I love that movie. I still love that movie. I wish Terry and Todd loved it too. But Adam, you can agree. It's one of the iconic, great, terrible CGI movies of the 90s. And uh, low-key, actually, a really good movie. One of the great. Yeah. It's not a Christmas movie. It ends on Christmas. And the last yep. five minutes of that movie, the Ooh, last really scene good. of that movie, is fantastic yeah i love that last scene it's amazing because it it puts everything in perspective it's sort of a butterfly effect type thing it's actually a very moving moment so uh yes i like it i like the sequels too but i like the original the best.
0: yeah the original is definitely a really good one definitely really bad cgi but the cgi was amazing back when we were kids it's right charming it's charmingly <laughs> bad cgi it is. Uh, I I really like that one. That's a great pull. I actually didn't think of that one myself. So I really like how it's on this list, and the five minute last five minutes, uh, tear jerking because uh, it is. Th- yeah, it's it's a pretty happy moment.
3: It's a it's a great it's a great Christmas party. Just it, for listeners out there, don't don't get hired at a new job and then immediately take a ski trip to Canada. Just uh, this is just bad bad kind of logic there.
0: Don't do it. Avoid eh. it
3: at all costs. I I think
1: I saw Jumanji for the first time maybe five years ago. I don't know how, but I I, just missed it. That
3: is just, I just feel bad for you, Terry. I feel bad that you had to grow up with crap like Police Academy and uh, (laughs) not a wonderful, heartfelt movie like Jumanji.
0: Do we blame him, Zach? He is old. That's true.
3: He does like the older older generation. Yeah.
0: And Todd just missed, he just followed suit with his older brother. So, Mm -hmm. Yeah.
3: yeah. All right. Number three
1: on my list. uh, This is about as dysfunctional of a brother-sister duo, and it it extends beyond the brother and sister, but the brother and sister at the heart of it are uh, Linda and Walter Thromby, played by Jamie Lee Curtis and Michael Shannon in Knives Out. I
3: I thought,
1: I thought just this family dynamic in general needed to be talked about here, but this is, and, and I had to actually look it up. Because I forgot exactly how all the all the family members were related, and uh, Jamie Lee Curtis and Michael Shannon are the only ones that are actually brother sister. The rest are married into it, or or uh, or grandchildren, or whatever it is. But yeah, this movie is bonkers, and this family is so messed up. And these two characters show just how messed up the family is. And uh, yeah, it, it if you want a dysfunctional family. You watch Knives Out and see how they react when the patriarch is murdered. So, number three on my list: Knives Out.
3: I'd forgotten that they were a brother sister. See, I had they to go through and be fun. like, "Okay,
1: where where does kind of forgot into this Don Johnson? I couldn't remember how who see, all was."
3: What is so brilliant about Glass Onion? is that I don't think a lot of people really remember all the details of the first Knives Out. And you don't really have to because none of these characters are back in the sequel, right? Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's just
1: Daniel Craig. So I'm excited. I I have not seen Glass Onion I like that
3: pick. I like that you went with them instead of the brother-sister with the brother who who spouts Trump bullshit. So (laughs) good good call.
1: (laughs) That's right. I forgot about that. Okay. Adam number
0: three. It wouldn't be a podcast. We didn't mention these two brothers. Uh, It wouldn't be a podcast with Zach and I on it. If we didn't mention mention Wednesday and Pugsley from the Adam's family values. We got to go with the second one here, but Adam's family is a a great sibling uh, combo here. Wednesday played by the great Christina Ritchie, one of her best performances ever. Pugsley, he doesn't have a whole lot to do, but just going to follow suit. But Wednesday is definitely the star of this family. And I, I absolutely love Adam's family values for that Thanksgiving sequence Pugsley's saying eat me in his giant turkey costume it's a it's a great uh great sequence and seeing these two brothers sisters kind of torture dolls and put their little baby uh, baby sibling in a or baby brother in um the guillotine great comedy mm-hmm. so gotta got go Adam's family values
3: eat us before we're good and dead dead white <laughs> meat <laughs> or dark meat yep <laughs> Obviously, a great call. Now, Adam, I do want to hear your thoughts if we can digress a little bit uh, on, on on Wednesday. Have I was just watching gonna ask the Wednesday, same thing.
0: so I have not start. We... Okay, so we we are binge watching New New Girl again. So we had finished that. So our next show is Wednesday. So nice. we we'll, we we will be starting. I haven't seen New Girl all the way through, so we binged that. You know so... I stopped
1: about a season before the end too,
0: but the, the endings it's, it's pretty. Uh, we watched all of it now, so. You watched everything. So we will, we, uh, I'll report back next week on Wednesday. How's that? Up? We'll make sure we watch we it. Go.
3: So I've watched all episodes of Wednesday, although I will say there were times when I wasn't always paying attention. It's a very good show. I, I, I think I appreciate it more for the savviness of Netflix and Tim Burton because everybody is watching this show. I mean, literally, it, it is all the all the rave of my students everybody on social media i mean talk about genius and it's a genius marketing strategy because you you call back to the fans of the 90s movies like us old people and terry who's even older than us and (laughs) uh (laughs) you got christina ricci in it who's great and jenna ortega is i mean she's a star you know having a moment you can make a a 300 million dollar series with jenna ortega as as your main character uh, absolutely genius. Now, is the show that great? I don't know, but it's it's from a marketing standpoint in terms of reaching audiences. it's the only thing that teenagers are watching. They're not gonna go see shit like <laughs> Bones and all, not that they should. but kudos <laughs> to Netflix. that was uh, that was a brilliant maneuver on their point on their part. and um, Wednesday and Pugsley are a great are a great choice.
0: Heard goth dances I, is all the Everybody's rage doing the Goth dance. dance.
3: Yes, exactly. All right. Zach, number three. Okay, number three is also sort of the impetus for this list. When I texted Todd earlier this week, I said this was plus twenty-five thousand that it wouldn't be on my list, so it's making an appearance on my list. Out of almost out of obligatoriness, it is from my number one movie of the year two thousand. You can count on me. It mm-hmm. is the characters of Sammy Prescott, played <laughs> by Laura Linney, and one of the, I think one of the best performances of all time. And uh, Mark, a young actor named Mark Ruffalo, who should have won Best Supporting Actor in 2015, but sadly lost to some hack that, you know, no one even cares about anymore. And uh, it is a great movie. Um, I don't know if you've seen it, Adam. I th- Gosh, why couldn't I have assigned that for you? You know, I won Trivia. Oh, you know, I, I should have assigned you something, too. But anyway, you can count on me. Wonderful movie. Kenneth Lonergan's the director. And it is all about a brother. The, the whole movie is the brother-sister relationship. It's not just some arbitrary. This These characters happen to be related. The movie is very much about sibling ship. And in particular, how Sammy, the Laura Linney character, is this single mom who lives in a very sleepy little town in New York. And her younger brother, played by Mark Ruffalo, they lost their parents at a very early age. He has kind of wavered and and gone off and done things and he's been arrested and he's been in some trouble and he comes back to the town, at least um, uh, he doesn't tell her this right away, but he comes back to town to get some money from her. But he eventually stays and really develops a great, sweet relationship with her son, played by Rory Culkin um this is an awesome movie i mean if you want to talk about great kind of dysfunctional family dynamics i think it's kenneth lonergan at his very best and these two actors are just uh, amazing in it and uh it's a movie i don't know if people see it anymore i don't i don't know if it's streaming anywhere people talk about it but i i defy anybody to start watching this movie and turn it off because it is absolutely compelling and funny and fresh and great performances all, all around and it's again one of the real reasons why this list was made was sammy and terry who also happen to be the names of my wife and and my friends so that you know there's some real (laughs) life parallel with that too uh
1: yeah i watched this movie for the first time two years ago as a part of my oscar watches and it was an instantly a four-star movie and in my top 10 and you're right they they just it's such a great uh it's such a great relationship that they established between the brother and the sister there. It's
3: like, it's like, it's hard to kind of explain. Adam, you really got to see this movie because you understand their relationship right away. It is like they are actually brother and sister. It is like they are in their thirties, early forties. And they've been, they've known each other their whole life. They just have, and they don't look very similar, but they just have a rapport that is like just dead on and perfect. And there are exchanges in this movie They smoke pot together in one scene that is just fantastic. And he makes some jokes about her, her relationships and uh, she gets furious at him when she discovers he was in jail. I mean, it's just, it's just a a total joy throughout the whole movie. And Matthew Broderick is in it too. And wonderful, wonderful movie. I would love to deep dive this movie maybe in, uh, in three years. Adam, it's currently on hoopla
1: and Pluto. If you want to watch it,
0: there we go. I can watch it.
1: All right. Number two for me, it's now time to talk about Ferris Bueller. Ferris Bueller, and Jeannie Bueller, uh, Matthew Broderick, and Jennifer Grey. <clears throat> now, I would argue that this is one of those rare cases where the sister is the dick, uh, because you have because uh, you have Ferris who's kind of doing his thing, and what's Jeannie? Jeannie is her job, her like mission in life is to ruin Ferris's life. And, and that's all she wants to do that's all she does like the entire movie is try to destroy it well and make out with Charlie Sheen um but those those are like her two missions until until you get to the end and uh, and the principal breaks into the breaks into the house and then she totally yeah. backs up Ferris and 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 really does become the the uh, the sister that he needs in that moment but for the majority of the movie, genie is the horrible one ferris ain't much better but he's ferris bueller you have to love him so uh yeah adam you had this on your list too what what, what did you like about this one
0: i think they they also kind of capture that brother sister dynamic if kind of perfectly too where you're basically wanting the other one to get in trouble and trying to have uh, jennifer gray given a really great good performance too at in this movie and i i just really liked their kind of back and forth and the kind of the, the what resembled a rivalry too so i i it was one that i had thought of right away too because i'm like this is kind of kind of perfect for that brother sister dynamic there so a really good uh choice to be on here so i pretty, pretty much said everything that i would have kind of touched on so
1: zach have you watched ferris bueller yet yeah, I have we, we talked yeah. about this oh, this is right.
0: about a year ago
3: yeah finally after many years of saying it was the most uh famous movie I'd never seen I, I watched it I really hated it I mean I thought it was unbearable uh nothing was entertaining about it at all um you're still here not not a lot to say about it I really kind of despised it but I, I'm not an 80s person so yeah all right Moving on,
1: moving on. Then I
3: guess (laughs) (laughs) it would be it would be it would now make my top five list of most overrated movies of all time. Okay, all right, there we go. But I didn't grow up with it, just like you didn't grow up with Jumanji. So exactly, if you'd seen it when you were younger, it would be different. We were too busy. You and I, Terry, were too busy watching the VHS copy of Apollo 13 with the Sergeant Bilko preview. We should have been watching better shit like Jumanji and Ferris Bueller.
1: You woke me up
3: for for Reverie. One. All right. We're going for one. Did Sergeant Bilko have a sister? Could we put that on the list? Oh, I don't know. Have I we seen that's... Sergeant Bilko? No. I think that trailer uh, should have been it. like one of the How most
0: referenced that? movies on our podcast. Yeah, that did we, did been, we, did we know, not Rosemort.
3: mention that Sergeant Bilko? Can that I mean, be? Uh, I, with all due respect to your sister or Adam, uh, the makeup artist from California, can we put Sergeant Bilko as our number one come to the stable movie? How is this still a thing that I, we haven't? I, seen I know.
1: I don't know. We need to make this
3: happen. He's also happen.
0: mentioned two Jakes quite a bit too.
3: That's true. The two Jakes. <laughs> the two Jakes has been quite quite often referenced. I think we just don't really want to watch it, but it's available. <laughs> (laughs) on hbo max so it has to be mentioned uh all right adam number two
0: uh we're going to tv hbo one of the biggest popular shows of all time uh john snow and Arya stark from game of thrones there we go Mm -hmm. so uh, my two favorite characters definitely the ones that people really loved a lot there are some really good uh good relationship between the two and macy williams and kit harrington do a really great job portraying these characters a lot of different siblings and a lot of incestual sibling relationships in this tv show but this is the one that had really two characters that really were established as like kind of fan favorites that even though you didn't like how their stories may or may have not have ended but they were still something that you wanted to tune in to see where where they were going to be out of the end and i uh, i was disappointed to say the least for the last season of Game of Thrones, but overall, these are two characters that really were always one of my favorites. And I think Arya Stark had one of the better character arcs. I think Jon Snow did too. They had really great character arcs through the, the whole, whole show, which just made you keep rooting on for them. So I definitely wanted to mention them.
1: Very nice. Very nice.
3: Good. 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 Zach number two. All right, I, I also went to HBO for my number two. It's not TV, it's HBO. And uh, my show was not Game of Thrones, however. It was, I think, the greatest HBO TV show of all time, which is The Sopranos. And I went with Tony and Janice Soprano. Now, there we go. I, have you guys watched The Sopranos? I mean, how how much can I really talk about it? See that, I think this would have been my number one pick if Todd was on this episode, but I will just say, Tony Soprano has a sister named Janice, and if you watch that really shitty sopranos movie from last year you understand you can see a little bit of backstory with the with the, uh, his sister character his sister uh is uh older than tony soprano and she comes back in season two and she is played by uh gosh i gotta look up the actress's name aida tuturo uh, maybe she's related to john Toturo. um but great act a great actor um the, what is so funny about this and i was you know i was i was kind of present I was thinking about my list, you know the, the, earlier this week. I love how Tony Soprano is the most dangerous and violent person in the universe on the show. And yet the two people that he hates the most, that he wishes were the most dead are his mother and his sister, and he can't do anything about it. it it's a it's a <laughs> tragic plague uh, and curse on the show. It's so fun to watch. Anyway, he has a wonderful dynamic with Janice. Janice uh comes back in season two as this kind of free-spirited hippie who's been in several relationships. Uh she is um, you know, uh she's op- she's she's goofy, she's silly, um, and yet she's also very uh savvy in the soprano way. Um I I love it. I love. I mean, there's some people that really get ticked off by the Janice character, I, you know, I'm, for the few people that still watch The Sopranos. But I I love their scenes. I think they have a great dynamic. I think it was a great introduction of that character to the show. Later on, she marries Bobby Baklava, and they have a family. And um, I just, I, I, I like the development of that character. I think she adds a lot of charm and joy to the show and uh, just great sort of comic contrast with James Gandolfini. And uh, you guys should watch it because it's a great show. It's maybe the greatest show of all time, even though you can stop watching it at season five because it gets shitty after that. But the first four seasons are amazing, and Janice is a big reason why.
0: Yeah, I better think I've than seen... game, uh,
3: Breaking Bad. Well, I have this debate, Adam, in my head a lot. Here's the thing: I think the <laughs> first four. Se- in case you were interested, the first four seasons of The Sopranos I think are the greatest TV show of all time. However, seasons five and six are bad. So if we can somehow take those out, particularly the first half of season six with the Johnny Cake storyline. Oh, my God, that's awful. Um, If we can take that out, it's the greatest show of all time. But as a whole, if you have to include every episode, then Breaking Bad does win. All right. Number one.
1: So number one for me, I could have Merlot Adam, but I was going to let him talk because I just kind of have like a five way tie for every brother sister combination in game of thrones you can have because they're all so fascinating and they oh, are I see such going. Yeah, yeah. and they're so great. So, so you mentioned Jon Snow and Arya. That's a great one. Uh, you could go with the incestuous relationship between Cersei and Jamie, Jamie, you yeah. could go with the antagonistic relationship between Tyrion and Cersei, which is a fascinating relationship. Yeah. Uh, you could go with, uh, with the successive, um, lords of the north in rob stark and sansa stark i think they they have a really interesting relationship uh you could go with with how it all ends and it ends with bran on the iron throne and uh and sansa as the queen of the north and so there's a relationship you could talk about there uh you could talk about daenerys and her dickhead of a brother that (laughs) uh from the first season uh because that's a mess You have so many. Like, if you're going to talk about brother sister relationships, you need to talk about Game of Thrones, and because they play out every possible brother sister relationship and how screwed up they can be and how good they can be, all at the same time. So, Game of Thrones, kind of in general, is my number one.
0: Not the last season.
1: I I didn't mind the last season. Well, I didn't mind it.
3: The Arya World. Stark sex scene was a little over the top. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. That's
0: true. All right, move All on. right,
3: Adam, tell us about Luke. <laughs> tell us
1: about Luke and Leia. Yeah, tell us about Luke and Leia.
0: I don't have Luke and Leia.
1: Oh, what
0: is what I, I, I would I have I said have if put I actually them on. didn't? Yeah,
1: yeah, I could have easily put them on, but I was just like, yeah, no, I it's the obvious one. I'm not going to do it.
0: Yeah, you know what? It is an obvious one, so I will go with the audible at the last second. I will go do it. With, do it. I, some, no, some one of us has to talk about it. They can't be off the list. And you're our Star Wars person. That's
3: what you're paid for with your bonus. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, I'll talk about it. You convinced me. All right, you paid me to do it. Anyway, uh, so Luke and Leia. Uh, Their relationship is kind of incestual, too, until the return of the Jedi when they realize, oh, yeah, I've kind of always known that you're my brother, even though I just made out with you in the previous film. But what I liked about this, their relationship was from my latest rewatch of Star Wars, The Last Jedi, that Luke went and visited (laughs) her, (laughs) went and visited her at the very end. Uh, even though we're
3: bringing up the Last Jedi, really? I just,
0: I just did a daily you just notes. Watched it like last. I week. just did a daily note of Why it. Why are we so... to talk
3: about things we don't need? Let's take out season five and six of the Sopranos and in the Last Jedi. There, okay. Everybody's like, well, come on, better. the Last and, Jedi and Mark is Rylance. Just take away it, Mark, it all,
0: Mark. Ryan. Anyway, Luke and Leia are my like quintessential brother sister combo. They both uh, one's a whiny kid who just wants to go get some power converters from Toshi Station. <laughs> the other one is a nice, powerful leader who will do it, go up against uh, all odds and call people out for being too short for being a stormtrooper. There's a great combo. There's some really great dialogue. The actress Carrie Fisher really had that snipe uh, that persona down, and I really just grew up watching these characters too so something that characters that i grew up watching you had to mention luke and leia here easily number one and yes i like that i like the last jedi more this time around
1: that's what i'm talking about that's what i'm
3: talking
0: about you know i've never i've never been able to sit through the last jedi i have not seen that
1: you've never seen the
3: ending
0: i can't watch it (laughs) it's unwatchable well I don't want to spoil what I said because i I, I kind of felt like I was a commentary I, like I watched like I had paragraphs like you could tell exactly where I'm watching the movie because I wrote it as a commentary uh yeah it, it's it's uh, there's parts that I still have issues with but uh it was actually a lot it was much better, better. That's it was much better because the the rise of Skywalker sucks <laughs> that's why <laughs> it sucks anyway.
3: I mean, I don't, I don't disagree with that either, but yeah, not exactly <laughs> helping the Last Jedi's case, but okay.
1: All right, Zach, what's your number one? All right, well, number
3: one? my number one is going to blow all of you to smithereens. I don't know how this it didn't come up already. It is part. It was one half of our podcast. It is young William Miller and Anita from uh, Almost oh, Famous. and listen, I, I mean, you're talking hmm. about brother and sister. I mean, what is William Miller? Uh, critic for Rolling Stone magazine, if his sister does not introduce him to the mysterious, fabulous world of rock and roll. I, m- I mean, when we deep dove that uh, movie, I think my favorite scene was the scene where he scrolls through all of Anita's records. Uh, that's a wonderful moment in the movie. Someday you will be cool. And uh, I don't know what happened to that boyfriend who walked over Francis McDormand's flowers, but he didn't last very long. It's wonderful when they meet up in the airport again later on in the movie. Um, gosh, you know, uh, Anita and William. I, I mean, that is what that is what an older sister is for is to introduce you to, to coolness. Right. Because William Miller is not cool. We know that. OK, but um, Anita is cool and she can make him cool through her introduction to music uh, and, and rock and roll. Rock and roll's the devil, we know, but uh it's 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 obviously number 1. So
0: I like great it. Call. Good great call.
1: It's a great call. I had completely forgotten about that one.
0: Yeah, huge over oversight.
1: All right. Well, let's go 5 to 1 and then talk about some honorable mentions. So for me, number 5 Fast and the Furious, number 4 West Side Story, number 3 Knives Out, number 2 Ferris Bueller's Day Off, and number 1 Game of Thrones. Adam
0: I got uh, the Redfields from the Resident Evil video game franchise. Ferris Bueller's Day Off, The Adams Fam- Family, Values, Game of Thrones, and Star Wars.
3: Back. Okay, I have Sid and Hannah from Toy Story, Peter and Judy from Jumanji, Terry and Sammy from My Real Life, no, uh, you can count on me, excuse me, uh, <laughs> Tony and Janice from The Sopranos, and William Miller and Anita from Almost Famous.
1: All right, now on to honorable mentions. I have a list oh, that is long fun. but distinguished. Um so uh Black Panther, the Chala mm. and Shuri. That's a good that's a good brother-sister combo. Uh one from my childhood that I watched as a kid that I wanted to try and sneak on there. The brother and sister from Honey, I shrunk the kids.
3: Mm. Mm. Like that would have
1: that's a really good one. That that's a really good one. But see, here's uh, the
3: thing. Here's the can I interrupt for just a second? Yeah, I tried to avoid Three <laughs> siblings, three or more siblings, and they mm. do have an older brother in that movie. So I tried mm. to focus on just sister brother without the multiple siblings.
1: That's uh, that's a good that's a good one. That's a that's a good uh, distinction to make. Uh, I've got Gem and Scout from To Kill a Mockingbird, uh, Nick and Margo from oh, God, Gone how did, Girl.
3: How did that not make your top list? To Kill know, a Mockingbird. I know that's wow. Okay.
1: and Affleck and Carrie Coon and Gone Girl. That's a good one. Uh, um, the the Pevensey children in the Narnia series um one that i thought had a shot on zach's list was uh adam sandler and his sisters in punch drunk love yeah but, i wrote that uh,
3: down
1: yeah then Gary.
3: uh your sister is it online one
1: the one the one i, I kind of wanted to get on on there that that was another obvious one that no one's mentioned is ross and monica from friends um scott pilgrim and his sister and scott pilgrim versus the world uh, his sister is Aubrey Plaza, who's just being as Aubrey Plaza as ever in that movie, which is great. Uh, it the Possibly the most messed up brother-sister combo is uh, in Bernardo
3: Bertolucci's The Dreamers. Oh, that's a great call. Yeah. God damn it. How did I miss that? <laughs> that's great. Michael Pitt and Eva Green. No, no, it's Eva Green. I'm sorry. It's not Michael Pitt. It's the other. He's, Louis, yeah, he's a Louis, friend. Louis, yeah, right. The French guy. That's a great one. Oh, I feel I feel shitty. That's a great pick.
1: Uh, another great one is uh, that that's very very different. The Mummy, uh, Rachel Vice, oh, yeah. and uh, is it Michael Hammond? Uh, those two are, are yeah. hilarious. I was thinking about them. Um, the Royal Tenenbaums. That's another yeah. great one of a uh, of family dynamic between brother and sister. And last but certainly not least, Bart and Lisa Simpson. Adam, what do you got for honorable mentions?
0: All right, so I got. Stron's and Fairchild from Blades of Glory. Amy Poehler and Will Arnett's characters in that movie. Very nice. Uh, Dwayne and Olive from Little Miss Sunshine. Uh, Nick and Margo from Gone Girl. Actually, I had them down. Nice. Uh, Max and Danny from Hocus Pocus. Lex and Timmy from Jurassic Park. Oh, that's a good one.
3: That's a really good
0: one. Yeah. Uh, The one that probably could knock out Luke Skywalker and Leia is Laurie Strode and Mike Myers. There we go. So there we go. Review. And my last one is this one that I had thought about right before we were uh, uh, recording. I grew up in the mighty ducks franchise and there was Tommy and Tammy Duncan who played in the first mighty ducks. They were some of the, the um... goal scorers in the, that movie. <laughs> yeah. That's my obscure nineties movie pick.
1: So if you, if, if you were going to audible off of Luke and Leia, you were going to Halloween, right?
0: Yes. Lori okay. and Lori. And, yeah. Mike.
1: That, that would have been, I think that would have been uh that would have been an acceptable audible.
0: I, I would have thought so but yeah
3: <laughs> is it unethical to because i I'd completely space that one out is it unethical to make that a todd pick even though i don't have that on my top five right now i mean he's got to have that on his list right you, you can you can
1: i mean we don't we haven't revealed our predictions yet you can change a little your unethical i don't know
3: todd. okay that's a great that's a great one though all right
1: uh, zach what do you have for honorable mentions
3: all right emma thompson hugh grant from love actually uh we've got uh meadow and aj from the sopranos the grown children from bridges of madison county which is almost the dishonorable mention oh, because no. they're the worst part that, of that movie oh god yeah you're uh, right. greg and marcia brady in a pretty very brady sequel when they fall when they want to have sex with each other uh sharon yes. josh and clueless even though he's her ex stepbrother annie hall got and this. Dwayne, played by christopher walken sam and, oh, and from and geeks uh miles and wendy from sideways wendy yeah. ron and the kids um, John and Joan Cusack in like seven movies. Radar and Joni and the kids are all right. Matilda and her brother, Mr. Woodcock and his sister in Phantom Thread. And by the way, that's a, that's one I probably should have had in my top five because I really like that one. Otis and Henry, oh no, sorry, Otis and Becky and uh, Port, Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. Otis, she's your sister. You're not gonna get that, <laughs> but you know, watch the movie uh joaquin phoenix and gladiator and his sister who he wants to own a lot of incestuous pairings here uh adrian and polly and rocky mason and samantha and boyhood jack and jill and jack and jill rusty and audrey and the national lampoon movies phil and lil and rugrats laertes and ophelia and hamlet um and the last one i have is lydia tar and her brother even though her name is okay have you seen tar adam because i don't want to spoil too much but no 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 i, I don't want to watch there that. is a brother work. character i shouldn't even say that just forget i said anything like the last two seasons of game of thrones it never happened but there might be a brother character <laughs> in that that is noteworthy for this list
0: okay
1: man i you said what was the Deleted. one you said that i i couldn't even i was mad i'm mad i forgot what was it was like one of the last ones you said
3: mason and samantha and boyhood I, yes I'm surprised that, that one, one. Didn't come up yeah or Adrian and Polly and Rocky, but that one does too. anyone really like Paul? Those are the worst movies. No one movie, likes movies. So no one likes, <laughs> no one likes Polly. Polly. Okay, no then one Polly. That's off the list. <laughs> and, then, and
1: then in the later movies, Polly basically becomes a cartoon character. <laughs> oh, and uh, Angelina
3: Jolie and her brother at the Oscars.
1: About also in the incestuous oh, category.
3: Oh. oh no.
1: All right. Oh, Time to try and guess Todd's list. I think this is gonna be really interesting because when we're trying to guess Adam's list, Todd is obviously at an unfair advantage because he knows Adam better than either of us. But I think all of us know Todd pretty well and, and know kind of what direction he likes to go on these things. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see how this goes. So, uh, my list, uh, on my list, only, only two of these movies have been mentioned and they weren't mentioned till honorable mention. So we'll see how this goes. Uh, all right, so my predictions for Todd's list. Number five, I have Sam Rockwell and Hillary Swank in Conviction.
3: <laughs> Wait he's a gonna, second. He's going to throw has that a, on she there. She has a brother?
1: That's the whole point. No, oh, Sam Rockwell is, is in prison, and she becomes a lawyer to get him out.
0: That's the whole point of the movie.
3: Wow, that's a great pick.
0: That's a, that's a
3: great pick. See, he's going to put that on that his, was his like, list. That was like so put, many layers
0: seen. to the, our podcast, too. I it's, know. That's why it has to be
1: on his list. Number four, Daniel Day-Lewis and Leslie Manville in Phantom Thread.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Number three, Paul Dano and Abigail Breslin in Little Miss Sunshine.
3: Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, God, That's a
0: good one. Number,
1: yeah. number two, uh, Dexter and Deb and Dexter.
3: <sighs>
0: that's a and, good one, too. Uh,
1: number one, Philip Seymour Hoffman and Laura Linney in The Savages.
0: Laura linney i, has a I lot thought of about i thought movies. about
1: <sighs> putting you can count on me on there too but i think he's only gonna put one laura linney performance on his list and i think he's gonna pick the savages over you does he
3: like that movie that much though
1: Is i don't know i don't know it's a great brother sister combo
3: though what was the one you said before that dexter dexter, that's dexter. A great, i i don't watch that's dexter, a good so one that's a great
0: that's a good, that's a, that's that's a that seems one. like a
1: todd pick yeah it's gonna be on his list it's gotta be Damn
0: it. all right adam what do you got I thought I was low key coming in with the Savages, like love uh, there. I had Wendy and and jo- Wendy, Wendy and Ron John and the kids from uh, the Savages. Oh, Ron, Wendy, th- yeah. I have uh, William Mill- Young, William Miller, and, and Anita from Almost Fana- Famous. Number three, Sammy and Terry from You Can Count on Me. Uh, Corey and Morgan from Boy Meets World.
3: Ah, there now, we go. I thought about, but can we talk about that for a second? I really thought about Boy Meets World. The only one I could think of is: doesn't the bully character have a younger sister that Sean or Corey tries to date in one episode? And I believe she's played by Brittany Murphy. Todd, if mm. you're listening, you should uh, you know give us your feedback on uh, Twitter. There we if go. We don't
0: have one. His MySpace page. Um, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> it's a good one. Uh, number one, I have uh, what is this? Clis, uh, Chris and Carney from Into the Wild. God damn it. I had that one too, Adam. Ah.
3: (laughs) Good pick.
1: All right. Zach, what's yours?
3: All right. My number five is Miles Teller and Mary Elizabeth Winstead from The Spectacular Now. Oh, that's... hmm. Number four Hmm. is Ross and Monica. Number three, Emile Hirsch and Kirsten Stewart in Into the Wild. Number two, uh, Tom and Jesse from The War Zone. And number one, Mitch and Jody from Dazed and Confused. Another one that was a, a big oversight on our list.
1: That's true. It was. Good one, all right. Oh well, well, much, guys. <laughs> well, let's see. Let's see what Todd's list is. He may not be here, but he did send in his list via audio, so uh, so we're gonna listen to his list.
0: Watch us be completely wrong.
2: What's up, guys? All right, so this category was not easy. Uh, mm. finding the brother sister <laughs> dynamic in movies and having it actually be like sort of the focus of the movie was not not the easiest category, so. Uh, my list is, uh, interesting, uh, I got, I got a bunch of honorable mentions, so I'll just go through them, through them. I got them kind I'm of categorized here, here. I have I three that I'm are really sort of, like, similar movie. movies, I have, uh, The Savages, with John and Wendy, <laughs> no, Callan, no! Samantha and Terry, and Montana Story, movie I really like this year, with, uh, Cal and Aaron, uh, more honorable mentions are ones that, like, the brother and sister aren't necessarily together that much, or, like, it's just a really weird brother and sister combo, so you got almost famous, of course, with uh, William and Anita. Uh, the Dreamers, which is just uh, a bizarre brother and sister combo, uh, with Isabel and Theo. And Fast Times at Ridge Run High, with Brad and Stacy. Oh, uh, then you got God. ones that you could choose, like any combination of the sister and brothers, because you got the, like the Godfather, you got Connie and Michael, Fredo or Sonny, and Little Miss Sunshine, you got Olive and Dwayne, but also Cheryl and Frank. I really like. Uh, six Feet Under, you have Claire, and then either Nate or David. And then in Rest Development, of course, you have Lindsay and Michael, Buster, <laughs> or Job, And uh, then my other TV picks that I could have picked. I have one TV pick actually in my list, but the, the ones I didn't pick are It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia with Dennis and Sweet D. Uh, Friends with Ross and Monica, Rugrats, Phil and Lil, and Dexter hmm. with Dexter and Deb. No! Because they're not technically <laughs> brother and sister. So I just kind of left that one
1: out. Oh, it's, yeah, they are. Even
2: though it probably should it. be on the list. Okay. Yes, it should. So, after all that, okay. we have number, number five. five. I have, uh, I was looking for ones that have sort of significance, and this one is one that actually both uh, the brother and the sister character were Oscar nominated roles, which I found was really rare. And uh, so that is Rocky with Adrian and Polly. Uh, wow. they, have like a, they have a complicated relationship. They both are really important to Rocky in different ways. And yeah, both nominated for Oscars, which is, I mean, re- which is cool. And, I mean, we all love Rocky. And Adrian and Polly are the types of characters that make the saga so special. And uh, so, yeah, Rocky at number five. Number four, I have one that I think Zach may m- mention. I don't know. Um, it's uh, The War Zone with uh, yes. Jesse and Tom. Yes. Um, the two characters are really incredibly close to one another. And it is really a gut-wrenching movie about some horrific things. But it's the bond between those characters that make it so empathetic it's a movie that we could like never deep dive but um, no. it's fantastic <laughs> never. Um, number three is my tv pick i um i reviewed the the final episode on the podcast uh, animal kingdom with andrew <sighs> and julia it. the the last couple seasons really they the way they uh make pope and julia what uh, about is like we know portrayed what, what the in the flashback about. Scenes and their eventual decisions that lead to the scope of the actual narrative of the show just destroys me. Great it's point, a brilliant Bob. show, and a, I, way better than it had any right to be, and it's because uh, yeah, Pope and Julia are are I mean, they're just great characters. Uh, number two, great. I think we've all probably had on the list is Parasite. Um, oh my, god oh, and yeah. <laughs> Uh, I mentioned Parasite on my ensemble cast of the two, 2010s list. Oh, uh, man, four And, um, yeah, the schemes they pull and their bond is just one of the best things about the movie. You know, Jessica, Only Child, Illinois, Chicago. I mean, they are definitely one of the best brother-sister combos in film history. And both were unfairly, like, overlooked by awards that year because the the, the performances are great. And, yeah, of course, their brother-sister bond is as well. And my number one, the easy number one, is uh, Phantom Thread. Uh, with yes. Reynolds and Cyril Woodcock. Um, I previously <laughs> mentioned it in my most anticipated movies of Fall 2017 and in the love <laughs> stories of the 2010s. Reynolds is, of course, like the brilliant Brothers. dressmaker, and Cyril handles <laughs> the business side and pretty much pushes him and shields him from outside distractions. And um, it's somewhat of an unhealthy relationship when he actually does find a match, but it uh, doesn't make their connection any less fascinating to watch. Uh, you, you don't get a lot of power couple siblings but uh this is a clear number one where i thought about it yeah so number five rocky number four See, the war I zone up number three animal kingdom number two parasite and number one Rebecca. phantom thread uh yeah congratulations adam uh you probably won this uh and I wow. you, uh, give you one point and mention that every time until i decide to take it away because you screw up some category or something like that like that but, yeah. today take it easy guys
3: <laughs> yeah
1: Oh, uh, okay. Wow, well, did you have I don't, Phantom Thread? Did you have it? Terry? No, I had it on my list. I, I, I damn. I Phantom Thread. Um, Dang. So I, but that was the only one I got. The only one damn. I got was Phantom Thread.
3: He mentioned war two zone, of mine in the honorable, but... honorable mentions, but I think I think Terry has to win this because he got the number one.
1: Yeah, I only got one, but it was the number one. I didn't have it number one, but it was the number one. You and you, Zach, you said you had one,
3: right? You had Warzone. I had the Warzone, yeah. Well, who said Rocky? Nobody. I, said, I, I didn't predict Rocky, but I said in my honorable mentions.
0: Oh, okay. There was okay. several, like in our honorable mentions, that he had mentioned too, which is a lot of overlap on that kind of stuff. But oh, what a what a brutal. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but I should have I should have realized
1: you know, the the whole idea of the the both getting nominated for the Oscar would pull something like that all right well i guess i win okay so i get to pick the next category i think
3: todd loses a point because he predicted adam would win
0: <laughs> that's a good point yeah
3: that's a good point
1: oh man that uh yeah i agree i think todd loses a point i gain a point. go
3: down from you know 60 to 59 adam keeps his has. point
1: and uh yeah and then we'll be uh we'll go from there okay Man. He he cut he roasted us really in the that.
3: Fa- Phantom Thread was a good was a good pick because like he loves you know Rebecca and Phantom Thread is essentially Rebecca.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's a really good movie and it's really good. Yeah, it's was really good choice. sister and the deer hunter.
3: I guess not. No. Mm.
0: But parasite. Was, uh, my God, to, what an yeah. Oversight. How do we
1: forget parasite that. Yeah. And I'm bummed he did not put conviction on his list. Like, I thought that was going to be the stab of all stabs, and he was going to, like, this has to be on the list. We have to mention this.
0: All right. Well, I I win. He's going to be proud of me that I've mentioned Poymates World. I think that's what (laughs) he he might be proud of. (laughs) All right. Moving on. It is time
1: for our trivia segment. Are you ready?
0: Well, let's hope so. Oh, I forgot about this. John Boyd is a slap in the face.
2: This is going downhill quick. Trivia.
1: And to start our trivia segment, I have something to report on. Uh, Zach won last time, way back when this happened, a month ago. All right, so I get a report on something that Zach assigned me, and uh, apparently this week was just documentary week for me, because uh, my Oscar watch <laughs> was a documentary, and my uh, my trivia assigned movie was a documentary. And what Zach assigned me was the 2018 film, Three Identical Strangers. And this is the, uh, the story of, uh, of three, uh, three guys named Bobby, Eddie, and oh, what was the other one's name? Bobby, Eddie, and David. Bobby, Eddie, and David, who uh, randomly come across each other. In I think 1980 and realized that they look identical and to come to find out that they are identical triplets that were separated at birth. And they were all uh, adopted by different families in the New York area. They become instant celebrities and have their 15 minutes of fame. They're going on talk shows. They're going all over the place. They get a, a cameo in a movie because they're, they're these identical triplets uh, they open a restaurant together named Triplets. Uh, they become these great celebrities. Then the movie takes a turn. And this is when it really gets fascinating because you come to find out that uh, that all of this was part of a grand scientific experiment to study uh, the effects of nature versus nurture. Uh, and what's more important so let's take three three guys that are identical genetically have the exact same nature and see if anything changes when we give them different settings and nurture uh and from there it really becomes a a study in how far is too far for science to go uh at what damage do you do in in the name of science um, what, what are, what should you, and should you not be allowed to divulge and disclose in different settings? Uh, cause the, the families had no idea that there were triplets. They just, they just knew they had a baby. Um, the, the links that they went in this study and the links that they've gone to hide the results are, are astonishing. Uh, this movie, I, I mean, you, you're on the edge of your seat. For a documentary which is fascinating i mean that's not something you should have on something like this but as each level gets revealed of how far this goes uh it it just gets all the more shocking as to what happened and and really the as you see them later on in life as they're now in their what in their in their 50s going on 60s when this movie is made you you see the uh the effects that this has and that and this uh and what this experiment did to to these three uh to these three (laughs) brothers uh it is it's a really remarkable movie uh i'm giving it three and a half stars it's almost a four star movie i didn't love the reenactments they did at the beginning to kind of show that stuff i thought i thought that was kind of lame and it wasn't necessary um, honestly, it might be the one thing holding it back from being a four star movie, but as it is being a three and a half star movie, it's a top 10 movie, uh, for me of 2018. And it, it is a necessary watch because it, it's, a it, it's one of those where it's like, you wouldn't believe it unless it were true, but at the same time to, to see what, what they were willing to do and the lengths they're willing to go in, in the name of science and, and research is pretty remarkable as well. So, uh, yeah, this is a great movie, Zach. And I I saw Todd hated it.
3: Yeah. This is one of the most inexplicable. I I've (laughs) no Todd's on an island here. I don't know anyone who would dislike this movie. This is why we make documentaries. I mean, if you would if you had made this movie, you know, with three Channing Tatums and CGI, no one would believe it, right? I mean, totally it has to be a documentary and it has to use archival footage. Um it is a, a, an amazing story, and I think the filmmakers do a spectacular job of doing justice to just how crazy this story is because the last the last 30 minutes go a crazy direction, too. I mean, oh, it's pull- yeah. It's pulling punches at the end of this movie. You think, oh, the surprise is that they found each other. and that No, that's not the shock of this movie. The no. shock of this movie is a lot deeper and more emotionally and psychologically complex, and it's absolutely fascinating, absolutely riveting um you know i feel like this movie is like the jim De- the jim valvano speech you know when you watch a good movie you want to do three things you want to laugh you want to cry and you want to think and you want to learn and that's what this movie does i mean it absolutely um is uh, a-, a-, a remarkable story that needed to be told and i don't know what todd's beef with it is but i'm glad you watched it i know as a documentary connoisseur I mean, you're the documentary person on this podcast. I thought it was a a, a necessary pick uh, to have, and a movie that again could have only been told as a documentary because it, the story is so unbelievable that you have to have that footage to give it any sort of credibility. It's amazing, oh, yeah. Like
1: like the footage of them all on Donahue together. I mean, it's like what? Wow!
3: Just <laughs> it's 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 nuts. It's nuts. So
0: yeah, I got to see that one as yeah, a you sort do of.
3: It. As a sort of uh, addition to that, there was a really cool documentary on HBO. Um, it's on HBO Max right now called Baby God, which is all about uh, this um, fertility doctor who in the 1950s and 60s used his own sperm. Uh oh, wow. And and yeah. Many, many uh, offspring. And this is a good kind of companion piece to Three Identical Strangers because it very much is about the ethics or lack of ethical code in that sort of medical industry, um, uh, very unregulated, crazy industry in the 1950s and 60s, and that's a really cool documentary too. But this one, again, from a human standpoint about the relationships of these three brothers, but also again the medical, scientific, ethical standpoint, it's just it, it's a remarkable film, and I think the the I think the filmmakers do a great job of covering a lot, a, a big swath of ground in this movie, and uh, it's it's just a compelling watch. Again, hard to imagine someone not liking it. And yet, one of our hosts doesn't like it.
0: So go figure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's also that Netflix movie, Our Father, which deals with the same kind of stuff about the fertility doctor too, which I watched mm-hmm. that one. So crazy that that kind of stuff happened.
1: Yeah, but th- this one, this one is a is a must
3: watch. So Adam, if you haven't seen this yet, you gotta you gotta watch you gotta it. Watch it. Yeah. It's on. And we're not uh, even. We haven't even really spoiled the movie at all. No, I mean, it, it goes it goes in so many different places that you do not expect it to go. It's an amazing story. I, I spoiled nice. maybe a couple things, but not not the uh, not the big, the reading, uh heavy stuff. Spoiled.
1: Yeah. Um it's on Hulu right now, so uh it's easy to find, it's easy to check out, and it's worth checking out. All nice. right. Well that's that. Adam didn't have anything to report on. Maybe he'll report on uh what 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 was what was he you can count to watch? on me as a movie? You can count on me watch, but maybe he'll it, either you ones. can count on me or three identical strangers. Report on one of those next week. Okay <laughs> And uh, Zach, you're hosting trivia. What are we doing?
3: All right. I thought very long and hard over these last few weeks about trivia. So I came up with two categories. Um, The first category, uh, one is a little bit more serious than the other category. So I'll start with the serious one. Um, Last week, the Sight and Sound poll from uh, Britain published their list of the 100 greatest movies ever made. And so I'm curious, maybe you guys saw this. Uh, It is a very pretentious list. I I will give you that. But uh, I'm wondering if we can name off some of the films that they selected as their top 100 lists of all time. And again, as a reminder, these are film critics. They're not filmmakers or actors or anything like that. These are critics from British Film Institute that submitted their picks. And it is a very I I will just give you a few hints here. It is a very international list. It is not a very populist list. It is uh, some films that you probably have heard of, but a lot of films that are pretty obscure potentially. So uh, that is why it's a trivia category because I am curious to see how you guys will do. So Dang, um, I we, saw a
0: bunch of these on Twitter and I wasn't paying attention.
3: We And, and uh, yes, I'm. you don't need to rank uh, where their rankings are. I'm just looking for titles because it's going to be hard to kind of figure that stuff out. But again, there's a lot of a lot of movies that you're probably familiar with. There's a lot of American movies on here. So I think the United States is the number one country represented on the list. So um, I'm going to start with uh, Terry. Citizen Kane. Citizen Kane is number two on the list, and it was number one for a very long time. That was a big deal.
1: That
2: was a big uh, deal. But
3: one of the big stories of this list is that it is actually number three. My apologies, number three. um, But uh, it was number one for for many years. They do this list every ten years, and so um, up until two thousand two, it was always the number one pick. Two thousand twelve, it got dethroned by the current number two, um, which maybe you guys can get, but uh, that is definitely on the list. Adam, do you have any picks? Any guesses?
0: Uh, let's go with *Parasite*.
3: *Parasite* did make an appearance. It is number ninety-ish I, I, on on the list. They kind of did like, <laughs> kind of where it ranks. Not exact numbers, but it's in the ninety-ish range. So uh, obviously, a great oh, pick. And obviously, great brother, sister, siblings as well. *Casablanca*. *Casablanca* is number sixty-three-ish. Point for Terry. Let's go. Down in the sixties.
0: Sixty. Um, The Godfather.
3: Godfather is number twelve. I, when they get to the higher numbers, they actually give like specific numbers. So I think the top twenty is specific numbers. The Godfather Part Two. Godfather Part Two is not on the list. What? Wow. Now do I give mulligans? I'll give you one mulligan. I was gonna that. say,
1: let, let, let's do one. Yeah.
3: Okay, one Mulligan. Uh, we'll go to you, Adam. There's a number uh, of films you know. It's not. It's uh, not Pulp crazy Fiction.
0: Pulp
3: that fiction. was also one of the big omissions from the list. Pulp Fiction is not on the list, so wow, I guess the, okay. uh, the Mulligans can't. There was a lot of talk about how can you not have a list with Pulp Fiction, but uh, that was uh, part of the uh, the news of this list when it came out a couple weeks ago.
0: Interesting.
3: Schindler's List. Schindler's List is uh, not on the list. <laughs> I I, wow
1: okay, i know what number one is i just have no idea how to actually say the title because the title Well, then is like why don't you say that
3: yeah I, I think you could yeah. why don't you say what you think it is and we'll it, see if it ha- i know it has
1: 1800 in the title that's all i know
3: uh, it, it does have numbers in it
1: uh, isn't it 1800
3: should we give should we give terry some credit I, it, it is Jean dealman 1080 Brooksells, 1080, or no, 23 K to Commence, uh, 1080 Brooksells, whatever, yeah, which it's... is technically a movie I reviewed uh last year on the podcast. It was my criterion, review, criterion watch, so yeah. um, I'll give Terry a half point. How about that? Okay, and I gave it nice. three and a half stars. I wouldn't call it the number one movie of all time, but <clears throat> it is a very good movie. All right, Adam, anything you have uh, the ability to take the lead uh, here if you get any,
0: right? any hall.
3: Annie Hall is definitely not on the list. I have a few. This list was not into Woody Allen, shall we say. This no. list was a, sure very much, to. very much a list about uh, trying to um, correct some of the very male Eurocentric choices of yesteryear. Cool. So I will give I you the top. T- uh, I guess with a half point. Sure. Go ahead, Terry. You have another guess if you want Spirited away spirited away actually did make the list so you get you do get a point for that. It's one of the few animated movies on the list it was is 75-ish so congratulations do you have any more that you can think of <clears throat> the score is right now three and a half to
0: two with terry For saying i give up you you somehow pulled another one out.
1: Uh, well i give up because how's schindler's list not on the list
0: i know i'll uh, get
1: okay, i can
3: give you another guess too adam if i guess you know just
1: i it, don't know it, I raging if,
3: bull raging bull uh no. raging bull is not on the list no
1: seven okay. samurai
3: seven oh, Sam- damn it there seven samurai is on the list it is number 20 so you got you to gotta go think Criterion Collection. That's that's right, the big right. uh, sort of... Red Shoes. The Red uh, Shoes. The red sh- well, it would definitely be on Todd and Adam's list, but uh, the Red Shoes is number 67-ish.
1: Okay. Um, let's see here. Let's
3: go with... I think I've been generous enough. I yeah, I I I, enough. I I think that's pretty generous. So somebody, some some other so the top 10 was number 10 Singing in the Rain, oh. number 9 Man with the Movie Camera, number 8 Mulholland Drive. Oh. Whoa. Number 7 Beau Trevai, number 6 2001 a Space Odyssey, number 5 In the Mood for Love, number 4 Tokyo oh, yeah. Story, number 3 Citizen Kane, number 2 and this was the number 1 from 10 years ago, Vertigo. And number oh, 1 All right. uh Jean Dillman. Some other ones that you might have been able to get uh, do the right thing was number 24. Taxi driver was 29 portrait of a lady on fire is number 30.
0: That's the one I saw off the freaking Twitter
3: rear window <sighs> 38 um, blade runner 54 uh, moonlight 60 ish. Um, let's see Uh Sp- spirited away and my neighbor Totoro both around uh, the 70s uh, region. Um, a brighter summer day, which I reviewed last year, number 78. Blue Velvet, 84. The Shining, 88. Um, and uh, let's see, Get Out, number 95.
1: Get Out. Wow. All
3: right. And what's our other copy. list? Okay. This one was a more fun one. So, you know, I, I did say that I've been um, stockpiling lists to think of. So this one is a little bit out of date, but I think you will still appreciate it. So this year, uh, Tom Brady did separate from his wife of many years, Giselle Buncheon. And so uh, when they separated, uh, there were several betting markets that had a Giselle next boyfriend odds. And I'm curious to see uh, if you could come <laughs> up with any potential picks from this very credible, very authentic list from oh sports betting dime. Um, who do you think made the list of Giselle next boyfriend odds? And we'll start with you, Adam, because you need to come back
0: from your deficit. Jeez Louise. Um this is perfect. I know I saw Antonio Brown pop his uh, name, like (laughs) photoshopped a picture
3: of him and his wife. Okay, he's not on the list, but I'm going to give you a point because he did he did make some appearances on Instagram uh, and made some spirited appeals to uh, Giselle. So I'll give you a point for that. Yes, thank you. All all right the
1: the uh, the obvious answer has to be Pete Davidson, right? Pete Davidson
3: was number two. He was plus (laughs) nine hundred.
0: All right Adam do you have anybody anybody else Oh my god this is a great list um
3: <laughs> Now the odds are as of November October 5th so it might be a little bit outdated but uh think back to when this was uh in the news
0: Uh let's go Channing Tatum even though probably not
3: Channing Tatum is a great guess. Unfortunately, he's not on the list, but you're in the right, you're in the right territory. I'm kind of surprised. I think Channing Tatum is married. I think that's the problem in in real life. Well, probably.
1: I have a couple more here. Okay. Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh,
3: I think he's also, is he not also married? He's not on the list, but it's a good guess.
1: Oh, that, that, that had to be on the list. The other one I wrote down was Neymar.
3: Uh no but because soccer Brazilian. So, soccer is a good direction to go. Oh, Cristiano Ronaldo? Ronaldo was number 5 on the list. So that I, I went I went the one. Brazil
1: connection and went with Neymar instead.
3: So Ronaldo is number 5, Brad Pitt was number 4 at 1100 plus 1100. Jason Momoa at plus 1000 number 3, oh, Davidson plus 900 number 2 and then number 1 this one was kind of surprising but uh, I could kind of see it. Bradley Cooper plus 800 mm. um certainly the similar age range also you're gonna say list, rob gronkowski rob gronkowski well i yeah I, it's, it's, I could see that uh zach efron john boyega drake harry styles <laughs> although i think then people saw the movie with harry styles so he probably <laughs> shut off the list and uh riz ahmed and john mayer at plus plus thirty thousand. i i almost like the odds on that but uh it's worth it's worth a stab. Plus Plus thirty thousand is pretty it's worth extreme,
2: throwing five
1: though. bucks on. <laughs> All right. I think I win that then, don't I?
3: I think Terry wins uh wins trivia, yes. All right. He did somehow pull um he, he did somehow pull uh spirited away out of his ass. So that was impressive. <laughs> I Good had one. that
1: one ready to go. I was just like, well, let's go with the obvious one first and say schindler's list and then i'll go with spirited away
3: but yeah but this list is too cool for spielberg i mean come on you know spielberg is list. populist he is a popular director we don't want a popular director on our highfalutin pretentious list
1: it's schindler's list Bag all bunch. right time for quote of the day
3: Strawberries
1: Not the cheese Womack With a little sex in it Quote of the day And I won so I get to go first there, there have been several quotes That have popped up throughout this that I That I could have gone with But I think after winning trivia I have to quote the one and only Tyrion Lannister And just simply say I drink and I know things There we go You're welcome You're welcome
0: all right, Adam, you're next. All right. In honor of Todd not being here, I have a quote from Boy Meets World. Yes. Uh, this is from George uh, Finney uh, You don't have to be blood to be family. And that's what we are here on the Almost I Was podcast.
1: Oh, I like that. I should well, have ended with you. But Zach's going to yeah. say something yeah, stupid a, now. I have a
3: stupid quote. <laughs> really stupid. My quote comes from my number one sibling, Anita Miller. Um, and uh, not a lot of great Amita Miller quotes on the IMDb page. Someone needs to work on that. She, you know, she's also the new girl, so she should get some notoriety. A- Adam has seen almost all the episodes, uh, but uh, my number one quote is also the Regal quote of almost si- famous, which we did not do back in the old day because Regal quote did not exist back then. And the quote is: "This is a house of lies." It's
0: a good one. <laughs> this is a house of lies.
3: Yes. Yes. I love it.
1: All right. Well, with that, we're going to draw this podcast to a close. Thank you guys so much for listening to episode 202. Again, make sure you're subscribing, rating, reviewing. We'll be back at you next time with another episode. Until then, have fun watching movies, and we'll catch you on the flip side. Later. Despite your cross behavior, I'm glad we were able to do this together.